So at this point, um, there's no gunshots being heard. Yep. So what we're trained in Active Killer is you just start clearing rooms. Okay. You just go room by room. You don't know where they're at. Don't so know where they're at. You just got to start. You have no stimulus, so you're looking. Okay. You're trying to find uh, work to do. It's like what I was saying. Okay. You're clearing rooms. They may be hiding in the closet. You don't know. Yep. But it needs to be fast. What's up, guys? I'm here to tell you this episode is brought to you by CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a new, fast-growing, tech-enabled, well-capitalized, community-powered alternative to traditional health insurance. Founded by Andy Schoonover, a proven founder and entrepreneur with a successful track record, including a $100 million-plus exit. By the way, Andy's been on this podcast in the past. CrowdHealth uses the power of crowdfunding, member ratings, unlimited choice, and huge cash pay discounts to provide a simple, considerably less expensive solution to managing your medical bills. CrowdHealth gives you full agency and sticks with you no matter where you move or what jobs you take on. You've heard of Big Pharma, but you may not know Big Insurance is actually the man behind the curtain. With 12 of the last 15 heads of the FDA taking jobs in Big Pharma and 64% of its funding coming from private industry, Don't hold your breath waiting for the government to save the day. It's safe to say our system's broken. It's time to take your well-being into your own hands, and CrowdHealth helps you do just that. You'll pay into your individual account monthly, and if you ever want to leave, you'll simply pay a $250 closing fee, and they will return the entire balance in your account to you because it's your account. Because it's crowdfunded, we all have a vested interest in each other's health. They even cover up to $300 a year in routine wellness visits. So far, for every $100 members have paid into their accounts, an average of only $30 has been paid out. So you can expect to see your money grow in your account over time. Take that, big insurance. Join today by visiting joincrowdhealth.com and using the promo code KLP to pay only $99 a month for the first three months. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code KLP. Joincrowdhealth.com, get you some. All right, let's jump into it. What's up? Mac Harper, what's up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, brother. It's always so awkward doing that after we've been sitting here talking for like 10 minutes. I know. Like an intro. Exactly. Um, why don't you introduce yeah. yourself for people that don't know who um, you are? Mac Harper, that's my name. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a police officer, mm-hmm. pretty normal guy. I like cigars and whiskey and that's about it, and guns. Okay, so we want to talk about policing tonight. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Um, uh, um, let's jump in, if you're cool with it, let's jump in on the perspective that people have of police officers and how that pairs with your perspective from your side of things. Did yeah. you, um, I have to think the last couple of years was a little, uh, when did you become an officer? And um, I started in 2019. Okay. But I became a sworn officer in 2020, early 2020. So, so you became a police officer yeah. right before Right in the middle of everything. Yeah. And you decided to continue to be a police officer? Yeah. 
I love this job. Yeah, you do, don't you? It's so much fun. I love. I'm a people person. Okay. You know, you know how it is. You see my wife trying to yep. pull me away from church every I Sunday, do. talking yeah. to people. Yeah. You get me going, man. I just <laughs> I'm a people guy, and I like it, and and it's uh. It's a lot so of fun. you feel that that pairs well with being a police officer? Absolutely. You got to know how to talk to people because mm. if you don't, you know, a lot of the issue. I think one of the things with perspective is people who become cops who don't know how to talk to people. Uh, that's where people have issues. I think a lot. You have these guys who come in, uh, all they want to do is just like police work, but they're rude. They don't know how to speak to people. You know, I, I remember growing up, I was a fighter, right? So I, I was a middle linebacker in high school, big school. I love physical contact. I'm a, I'm a contact-driven person. Like, I love conflict. and But I very rarely have people fight me at work because mm. I know how to talk to people. If I can talk someone into cuffs... There's no reason I should fight them. Mm-hmm. This is not an ego trip. Ego trips is what gets you killed, right? And so you got to know how to talk to people, man. Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of officers just don't know how to. Uh, I think, I don't know why. I don't know if it's personality trait that attracts those people to police work or what, or if it's an ego thing. You know, I don't, I really don't know. Do I've they never train thought about that? that much. Is there some training for interpersonal relationships? Yeah, or there not is. So much? You know, there's, um, there's a couple training things. Um, we call it verbal judo is what they call it. Okay. You know, like jujitsu, but with, with your words. Sure. And, but I'm of the opinion that either you got it or you don't. See, I think I, I agree with that. But I think probably some training can help if you don't. It, it definitely it. can. It I definitely mean, helps. But, but I, I feel, agree with that. It'll feel unnatural to people I think who sure. don't have it. You right, know, right. And I think people can tell. People can pick up. But on I that think stuff even even if you're not good at it and you're trying, I do think even the opposite side will respond to that. If that makes sense. Okay, sure. he's trying to be level headed. He's yep. not making the situation worse. He's trying. He may be a little weird or awkward, but yep. we'll give him the benefit of the so doubt. So you didn't have a decade's worth of experience before 2020 hit and everything that happened. I feel like people's I do. perception <laughs> of, of police officers. I'll bet you do. Yeah. I bet you do. So you just started with that. So you, in a way, you don't know anything different. Do you think though of, that... Of, of the world of policing, you mean? I, like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating this. My perception is, I mean, you tell me. My perception is that 2020 and 2021 were really, really hard on police officers across they were. this country. I think they were. And so you didn't Especially have a cities. decade's worth of experience. But you know what? You know what? It wasn't like the first time that it was hard for police officers either. I mean, no. there were some hard times in the yeah. decade leading up to 2020 also. I do think it was unprecedented, but, though, that okay, you 2020 do? and 2021. But that's all I know, right? Because that's mm-hmm. when I came in. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But it wasn't enough to deter you... You were still glad you became a police officer. Yeah, absolutely. You made it through 2020 absolutely. and on, and you continue. You plan to yeah. continue. There was a uh, Metro cop at our gym that decided that she was going to discontinue being a, a Metro cop. It's not for everybody, man. And that's a, I think it's a noble thing to be like, you know what, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Opposed to stay and be miserable and then be an awful cop. So what are the areas you think that people have a perception about police officers that you can see from your side of things that are a little off? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. There's so many, I think. Um, I think one of the, obviously the big topic's race, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, I think the big perspective is that we're out specifically targeting certain types of people. 
And I just, I, I don't think that's the case. Um, at least for my department, everybody I've met, like there's just no way that I could conceive that that is what they're doing. Um, there's so much that goes into that, right, though? Because um, you have, there's a real thing called uh, racial profiling. That's a real thing. And no one's denying that. In history, uh, policing and black Americans have had a horrible history. Um, and racial profiling is a real thing. But I think people get mixed up where you have criminal profiling. That's also a real thing. And that's an actual tactic that's used by okay. the FBI, federal agencies, um, uh, local law enforcement, state law enforcement. And what it is, essentially, just a quick rundown is, all right, we have X amount of robberies that are happening in this sector of the city, okay? All of these people have given us a description of that are similar of the person. So let's say, okay, uh, male white, 5'7", 180 pounds, has a, always has a ski mask on and typically dark clothing with a backpack. That's kind of a theme that runs through these robberies. And so if I'm in that area the time of night that these robberies have been happening, and I see a male white, 5'7", with a ski mask in his hand and dark clothes and a backpack, mm-hmm. what do you think I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop that guy. And you can make the same case for a male black, male Hispanic, if he fits that and yep. he's in the area, that's criminal profiling. That's not racial profiling. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the historical aspect of um, policing, that it can seem like that but it's really not. So that's, I think that's a big misconception. Um, I see that a lot. I can't tell you how many times I get called racist and how really? many times. Oh, all the time. You Really? Every week. Every week Dude, you get yeah. called a racist. I mean, when you're in the area, when you're in like, uh, predominantly black areas hmm. and you're enforcing crime and you're investigating crime and just about any time I arrest somebody that's not the same skin color as me, it's usually always the top... <clears throat> the topic always comes up. You're just doing it because I'm black, or oh, really? because I'm a Hispanic, or because I'm not okay, white. Okay, so it's that they're that vocal with it. Yeah, usually okay. the people we arrest, of course they do. Now, not normal everyday citizens aren't like that, mm-hmm. but typically, usually, people we arrest are are like that. It's a tough thing, you know. There, this is a Thursday night that we're recording this, and we are what are we at? We are a week and a half past the Covenant school shooting, right, Kobe? That was Monday a week ago. And there's been a lot of activity around the Tennessee state capitol with gun control and some of the lobbying that's been, or the protests that have been going on and some of the change they want to see with our gun laws. And I don't know a ton about this, but right now there's some pretty significant protesting going on at the capitol because they are protesting the potential expulsion of three... Um, are they senator? What are they? State representatives? I don't know if they're like state something. Uh, I think they're representatives. Um, state representatives of some kind. Yeah, across the state. And a couple people on a text thread that just texted me like an hour ago. I had no idea this was going on. They're like, man, there's yeah. some stuff really going down. Yeah, the they, were having, they were having so some of the hearings today. And I think one of them That's did what get it expelled. Was. I think one got expelled. Yeah. Uh, Colby said one did not. And then the other was to be determined yeah. so mm-hmm. so far. Um, so I just went on YouTube and was, like, seeing what's going on. And my understanding was that they, the three of them kind of banded together and kind of stepped out of line a little bit, kind of circumvented procedure or whatever. Yeah. And 
and were saying their bit about what they believe should be done, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like in order of process. Yeah. And the one, I think they cut their mics after like 15, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but the one had a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. And so he was on the bullhorn kind of continuing to lead chants and stuff like that. And I really don't know much about this stuff, but I, it was out of the process. Yeah. Which, and so I was just seeing though tonight on live, he was, um, it was a black man. And he yeah. was just saying that, uh, you know, they're trying to expel me because of uh, racism, you know, because of yeah. the white supremacy in the in the the state representatives in that house and what's going on. And yeah. I think that, um, you know, first of all, I don't know. I don't either. I, I have I, no idea. I haven't kept up But it does with seem it. to be like a pretty, it seems, we seem to go there pretty quick now. The and racism th- Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like I you had, step um, out of line, you step out of line in this, in this yeah. meeting that has very clear procedural rules yeah. and they cut your mic. Then you have a bullhorn and you lead chance for a few minutes mm-hmm. and then they want to give you a slap on the wrist. And then you say it's because they're white supremacists. It's like, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. That is, I feel like, you know, of course people will be like, well, you guys are white, so you don't really have a say in it. I've heard that so many times too. I feel like it's lost so much meaning because I've met racist people. Mm-hmm. You know, who say some terrible things and like, you know, that's not appropriate, man. You know, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't say things like that. You shouldn't believe things like that. But I was just thinking about how quick we get there. I had this lady who um this nail salon had called us because this lady was throwing a fit. Um, she had been drinking, she was refusing to pay for her services. She kept saying, well, I paid. Yeah, she was saying I kept The cops got called out to a nail salon because someone didn't want to pay. That's the other thing. Like, the amount of times that... One of the biggest things that I think that came out of 2020 and 2021 was that cops do too much. I agree. and I go to so much stuff where I'm like, why did you call me? First of all, I can't do anything about this. Second of all, I don't... I don't know. I don't even know what you want me to do here, but I have to go because you called, right? Mm-hmm. And so we go to so much stuff that's not a police matter when we could be going out doing things like that video I showed you, right? Yeah. Going out and getting stuff, Catching actual violent criminals. Because people, th- here's the thing: in 2020 and 2021, the big topic was well, police only really spend their time doing about five percent of violent crime stuff. That's what the, that's what they were saying was really 5% of that what they do is even involving violent crime. Yeah, it's because all the 95% is a massive volume of just nonsense. So if you took all that nonsense away, call me because uh, something that's not a police matter, that's a civil matter, of course it's going to dwindle down the violent crime statistic that we deal with. The, the amount of violent crime that is happening out there can keep us busy. But okay. the sheer amount of call volume for stuff that's not a police matter getting thrown in with violent crime statistics and saying that the only thing you deal with is 5% of violent crime is just unfair, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just unfair. So you think that racial profiling or racism among police forces in general across the country, you think that's a bit of a misperception? It has to be, man. I, I mean... I think on this perspective, like since I've become a cop and seeing what we do for work in the day-to-day, I I can see how they can see it that way. I just don't think it's a widespread issue. Okay. 
I don't know. I don't. I'm not a police in a small town, right? I work in a big city, a large city. So like, there's so much going on all the time. I don't know what small town Mississippi or small town Tennessee is like. You know, yep. you know how those rural areas can be. Yep. I don't. I don't know what those people are like as police officers. I've never worked in a small town, so I don't know. Yep. But, but based on your experience of in major where city you policing, work, yes, you're not noticing it no. being a sort of a prevalent issue. No. no. I deal now, with, would you be honest if you saw that you're not covering for your coworkers? No, absolutely. If I would hundred percent. You would notice it, and, and you I would call would, it out. And you absolutely, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. And you would, and you'd, you would then, shoot it straight on this podcast. If absolutely. you saw it, you would absolutely tell. Yeah, because okay. then that ruins my reputation mm-hmm. if I don't. You know what I mean? I became a cop because I like this job, and I think it's a worthy job, and I think it's a noble job, and I also think it's important. So why would I not want to say anything and see, like, it get tainted with just disgusting people? I don't want that. Yeah, and I know you also well enough personally, and I know your beliefs and your worldview. And if you were okay with racism, it would rot in your soul. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the person's opinion and also of the you kind that, of person, matters, yeah. that matters the most is your own opinion of yourself. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? That's how I feel about Absolutely. things. If... Um, if I do things that I don't feel good about myself for, that to me is like the most destructive Absolutely. possible thing you can do. Um, so, okay. Are there other things? Well, this, yeah, we could probably talk all night about this one point, but I'm just kind of curious. Where do you think that perception has come from that police tend to be harder than on a certain group of people? That that's a big topic, I think, because there's the, so the it's so question, yeah, it's or? so convoluted, right? There's so many aspects of culture and life that I think play into that. I was just talking to my buddy Evan today, and we were talking about the family dynamic and um, the black community. I mean, if we're shooting it straight, that's what we do in this podcast. They have an issue with dad staying around. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, same way with uh, now. You could say whether is that uh, specifically just because they're black community and that's their culture or is it because it's poverty and low income because if you look at southern low income whites they're almost the exact type of lifestyle and culture as low income blacks Mm -hmm. so it's kind of there's so much that goes at play in that right see that's one thing i'm a big sorry i didn't mean to cut you you off but i i think um because what was the question you just asked is where did this perception come from perception come from of of you know racism and stuff and so well first of all i think one of the obvious answers is it happened at one point you know what I mean? At yeah, one point yeah. in this country, yeah. so that that might be. Yeah. That might well, be I have exactly a buddy who loves from. to talk about. Now, I'm not a I'm not a historian, right? I'm not some crazy guy who's wicked like Sam is. He's great with history. He is a history buff. But I have some friends um, who tend to lean on the left side that love to say American policing comes from slave patrols. Hmm. And I mean, I just don't feel like that's an honest say that American policing came from the creation of slave patrols because didn't they the have Scotland Yard, in other countries? Yeah, the Scotland Yard was the the earliest official policing okay. uh, of, of police departments, right? So to say that policing in America came from slave patrols, I think is just dishonest. Not quite right. I'm not saying that those didn't merge at some point, mm-hmm. but to say that that's where it came from, I'd feel like it's just not, it's not fair yeah. Argument. Where are what are is there any other pers- misconceptions that you think people have of cops? Yeah, I think it's really easy to um, to forget that we're people, mm. right? 
um, that I'm a dad. I'm also a church member, right? I'm on prior to my days changing off. I was at church on Wednesdays. You know, I'm at church on Sundays. I'm serving. I'm meeting with my pastors and my my groups, and and like I'm investing in, in people's lives outside of work, right? You know, I um, the area that I work in actually, I go to a cigar bar every week there, and I spend time with people who actually live in the sector that I work in the city. And so I've met a couple guys that I know where they live in my area. I know where their house is. Uh, just the other day, or yesterday, the video I was showing on that big bus from that stolen car and those two foot pursuits we got in, a guy that I go to the cigar bar with was at the store when everything happened, and he came and talked to me after um, it all happened. So, like, I'm oh, in wow. the community that I work in, right? And I think, I think people forget that. You know, I have a life outside this job. They, um, some guys probably do live for this job in the sense of, but I think most people don't, man. When I'm at home, I'm at home. I don't oh, want to be okay. a cop. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, that's interesting because I would have thought of all the people that I know, you would be one that would like live for this. I do live for it in yeah. a sense when I'm at work. Okay. When I'm at home, I don't. Okay. I'm a dad. Is I'm it easy husband. to unplug from police? No, it's not. It's I, I not. I can imagine. That's why I try not to carry my gun in most places when I'm okay. not working. Mm-hmm. When you have your gun on you, do you just feel a certain weight of responsibility? Yeah. I know I know all the gun guys and concealed carry guys are going to probably come at me for this one, but um, I'm a huge 2A Second Amendment guy. I think there should be no rules, regulations on it. But um, personally, I know it's a dumb thing sometimes because you never know when something's going to happen. I, I don't like to take my gun a lot of places. I want to okay. relax. I want to get my mind off of all the crap I see during the week. I don't want to be tense all the time. I don't want to. Because when it's there, you know it's there. Right. There's a burden that you carry when that gun is on you. You well, know that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we are having this conversation on the mm. night that Shane Kerwin's podcast comes out with uh, personal survival solutions. And Shane was a, uh, like 20, 25 year in the military and like sniper school yeah. range, all the different stuff, all way like more qualified his than I list way more qualified. of, yeah, his list of qualifications was, is lengthy dude. It's on yeah. his website and it's a ton. Anyhow, I really enjoyed it and people can, check that out now because it would definitely be out because we're you and I are talking on the very night that that podcast is coming out but one of the questions that I asked him was you know I was in uh Columbia a few weeks ago because that's where my brother lives and he 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 Columbia Tennessee Tennessee. okay not the country not the country and make uh, sure you got no family cartel ties exactly well, I won't tell you about those yeah because I've been in my life's at stake at that point now yeah and he can and and um and he carries a lot. And I came back from that for some reason that night or the next night or whatever. I was I was out in the backyard. It was dark and I was just, you know, out there and and I was like, man, cuz you know, back in the days like the Oregon Trail, yeah. Pe- people carried guns. And everyone mm-hmm. kind of knew that's the world you're living in. You got to carry a yeah. gun. And I was like, man, what if is it possible that the world we're living in is such that you should be carrying a gun and I just don't know it yet. And I asked Shane that on this podcast what he thought about that and he said yeah he thinks that's the world we're living in absolutely but 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 you don't carry a gun every time so but that's totally a person i tell people to carry their gun the reason that i don't all the time is because the personality that i have if i'm in a mode i'm in that mode and if i want to detach from it my gun is one of the ways that i can detach from being a police officer right because at church that's one of the reasons why i don't do church security 
Because, like, I'm at church. I want to go to worship, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be thinking about security and me having to put somebody down if they walk in my... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's something that I've been kind of dealing with um, but if on you're a gonna, personal if level. if you're going to go out and about, let's say the grocery store, make a stop, wash the car, yeah. blah, 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 on, a, on your day off, mm-hmm. you tend not to carry... It depends. Okay. If I go to the grocery store, I'm definitely carrying. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I definitely go to the grocery store carrying. Um, so, and it, is it that because depends. you live in a really, really, really dangerous neighborhood, or you just feel like, no, this is the world we're living in. So I'm going to the grocery store. In. I'm going to carry. Yeah. It's the world we're living in, I think. Hmm. Yeah. That's I don't know. I've been battling with myself and debating um, about starting to carry pretty much everywhere I go now. Really? Yeah. Um, You're not supposed to carry when you drink alcohol, is no, that right? No. State What's the Tennessee. other rules? Um, it's pretty much it. Uh, federal buildings, can't go to federal buildings. Shoot, like even me in uniform, I have to put my gun up. To go into yeah. a federal building? When I go to a federal court and stuff, no I, have to, yeah, I have to take my gun off. Um, shoot, I used to know all these. I should know them all. But it's like you can't go in um, schools, right? You can't go in schools, obviously. Um, that tends to not stop people. Mm-hmm. Um Schools, federal buildings. Uh, I can't remember the way the state ruled on this uh, a couple years ago. If somebody has a, a like a no firearms policy in their restaurant, I can't remember because now okay. you know Tennessee's a constitutional carry state. So I can't remember how that, what that really does. If there's really a legal basis, does that make sense? What I'm saying sure. I'm not 100 percent right. sure. Um, if a store owner ha- says no guns allowed, you know, yeah. how much weight does that really carry? Is I can't remember because I remember there was a certain um, caveat to that in the in the law when they wrote it. I think it went in effect in 19 or maybe 2020. I can't remember. I know it was in July something. What's your experience what with people out and about in the real world? How many people are carrying guns? A lot. A lot. I think people don't realize how many. A lot. I could tell you how many times I, I do Good a guys traffic and stop. Good guys guys? Yeah, I do a traffic stop. Um, somebody's got a gun on. Uh, obviously, I've never run the data, but I would say probably four to five out of every ten stops, there's a gun. Okay. Yeah. And of those four to five out of ten stops, so call it 40% of the stops you're making, there's a gun in the car. How many of those times is because they're, they're a real bad guy? Uh, more than not, because that's usually who I'm pulling over, right? You know? Oh, oh, okay. Um, I don't really do traffic enforcement. That's not really why. I'm just too busy for that stuff. I think, you know, obviously if you're being ridiculous, going 100 miles an hour in a 40, I'm going to pull you over. But I would say, like, um, a lot of times they have guns on them. Um, and a lot of times you'll find anytime drug possession uh, in scales and baggies, it's always almost always going to coincide with having a gun. Okay. Almost so, always. So which is a is a felony uh, when you have uh, a firearm in the possession of a dangerous felony, which is um, possession with intent to distribute. When you have a gun, when you're also caught with possession with intent to distribute, that's yeah, a felony. It's a felony. Is possession with the intent to distribute without a gun a felony? It depends on how much. Okay. It can be. So there's like a mixing that can yes. happen. Like if they had a gun and we're just breaking the law, that's not a felony. Yeah. Okay. Wait, say it again. Sorry, I totally wasn't. There's, like, a, there's <laughs> like, a, like an if this, then that. Like if they have a gun, but they didn't have possession with an intent to distribute, that wouldn't be a felony. But because they have a gun and they have possession with intent to distribute, that's 
That's like the two things I'll combined. I'll have to look at it. I can't remember. We just charged both those guys last night with it. Um, there's so many drug charges that, I mean, it's so many of them. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct, like if it's just marijuana, I think it's just misdemeanor. But if it's like a Schedule 1 or whatever, like I it's... See. It's fentanyl or stuff like that. I think that's where it starts getting felonies. Okay. I'll have to. I should have looked it up. I, I know more of it. Usually. So if forty to fifty, because we have books on our um, on our computers that we okay. that help us walk through the process that, that we can. Obviously, I know the majority of it, but I can't remember if it's um, if it depends if it changes to a misdemeanor to a felony okay. depending on the drug, the amount. Um, yep. I'm pretty sure all. I want to say all uh, possession with intent distributes a felony. I, I want to say it is. Because if you have a gun with it, it's in the uh, carrying a gun in the action of a dangerous felony. Okay. So if 40 to 50% of your traffic stops, there is a gun involved, and you're saying these aren't, you know, Mariana heading to church and was going yeah. 80 in a, in a, you know, 55 and just wasn't thinking about it, but like the situation is worse than that. Are they most of the time letting you know there's a gun in the car, or are they trying to hide it and you find out the hard way? Usually, we find it during a search. Down? Okay, but I did have one guy. We, uh, my, I was, um, I was rolling around with my buddy. We were just looking to find something, try to find a guy with warrants or something, or find drugs or a gun. And he made, uh, he noticed this car that was just being really weird. Went down this one road, came back out, went down, came back up, took another turn. It was just being really weird. So he pulled it over. Uh, I think the tag was expired or something like that and he was like you know i just want to let you know i do have a gun on me all that kind of stuff and blah 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 and we had this smell of marijuana come from his car and so we're like well we're gonna search your car you know obviously now we have probable cause because we have smell of marijuana in your car which is extremely strong i mean i'm sure you smelled it um and he told us about the gun and then we got him with the tin distribute because he had like two massive jars scales and baggies and a gun. I don't, you know, so it just And depends. he told you about the gun. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he told us in the, wanting us to maybe kind of give him a break. Like if okay. we're telling him, they'll think, oh, okay, you know, he's he's just being an honest guy. Yep. He was being honest, but. So do you think that, all right, so <clears throat> you're bumping into, you're bumping into folks out and about that are carrying guns. And some of these people could be, could be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody could be. So as a as a cop then, would you not be in favor of removing the guns because then you're not bumping into so many guns when you're doing traffic stops? No. no. Why would I want to remove guns? Right? So is that the question? Like, would I be in favor? of? Yeah. No. Because your life could get taken by a gun. Yeah, absolutely. The most, and le- health aside, mm-hmm. the most probable way you're going to die early is probably from a gun, right? Like Car accident. Oh, really? Yeah. For a cop? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you were in a bad car accident. Yeah, I was. Actually, a real bad car. I saw the picture, yeah. dude. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. nasty. So yeah. the most. How many times have I been hit once? Like the bad. How many times have I been shot? I've been shot at twice, but how many times have I been shot? You've been shot at twice, Yeah, dude? we got ambushed one night. Uh, what? Off a, from a house guy started shooting us what from happened? the window. Um, let me finish the first point, then we'll yeah. go into that. Obviously, right now, they're. There are laws for people who shouldn't have guns, right? Um, if you're a felon. But I'm even of the uh, position that I think certain felons should be uh, accepted to get firearms. 
Think about oh, like really? think about money laundering. You know, money laundering to a certain amount could be a felony, wire fraud, things like that, fraud charges, um, things like that that are nonviolent in nature that are felonies. I don't know if I'm of the opinion where that should keep you from getting a gun, right? Because, I mean, I know a lot of people who've done, you know, fraud who have never done any other violent thing in their mm-hmm. life, right? I, I come across them at policing. You know, and there are, um, I meet some older gentlemen, uh, typically kind of in the hood areas where we work. Uh, one of the coolest things I, I do like is, in the area I work, older black men in the kind of the lower areas, in the, the hood area, what we call it. Man, they're great. Hmm. They've been around the block when they were younger. They get it. They know it. They respect you. You talk to them. they got a lot of wisdom. Oh, and interesting. And they've got a lot, of, a lot of things to talk about. And, and encountering those guys are pretty cool to get to talk to them. And they, you know, tell your story back in their gang-banging days. And then they got right, and they got married, had kids, and et cetera. And they've been out of that life for 20, 30 years. Um, I think that there are guys who, who do do that stuff early on, and then they do get a change of okay. in life. I think there should be some kind of thing that they should be able to go through to get that stuff expunged to be able to buy firearms. Okay. If you're not running around gangbanging, you're not running around doing violent crime, uh, I because mean, there still are some older guys who are still doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they shouldn't be able to have firearms, but there are guys who, who really did turn their life around, yep. and now they're painted forever with now, that, that felony. Or, now, what is it that causes you to want them to have guns? Is it because you're just a super gun freak? And you yeah, just, I think everybody should, that's allowed to have guns, a gun, man. Or is there sort of a... Is there like a purpose to you wanting these people, more people to have guns? I'm just a gun you know, nut. Where does this come from? You I just, are just a gun nut? Yeah, I think that that's the beauty of America, right? That's why the Founding Fathers put that in the Constitution, because we have the right to have our firearms against all powers that be, you know, domestic and foreign, right? And so I think that, one, it is your God-given right to have a firearm. And also, when you're in trouble, it takes about 10 minutes for the call get to our dispatcher to us. So that 10 minutes is pretty important. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there. You are. Mm-hmm. So you have the right to protect yourself, right? So I'm not going to do it with a knife. I don't want to protect myself with a knife. Yep. I want my firearm, you know? So you see it as a pretty important piece to almost like, um, well, self-defense, I guess you could say, yeah. to really simplify it. Okay, everybody has a right to life, right, in the U.S.? So why do I not have the right to defend the life that I'm given the right mm-hmm. to have? And you see guns being pretty critical yes. to that process mm-hmm. of defending your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier kind of in passing of any kind, guns of any kind. Yes. You really mean that? I do. Like AK-47s, dump yeah. them out in the street. Let's go. Well, I mean, like, I mean, of course you should buy it. I'm not saying you should get it for free. Right. But AK-47, you can get an AK-47 on the market now. Can you really? Yeah. So, okay, so... It's automatic weapons that are illegal. Well, an AK-47 is automatic, right? Well, they can make... There's semi-automatic automatic versions of it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I mean, that. you can buy, like, AK Model 105s. I mean, there's all sorts of kind of AK okay. models. And Sam just actually got one um, uh, from California that is his grandpa's old one. And but, it's... But it wasn't an AK-47, right? Yeah, it was. But it wasn't uh, automatic. Okay. All right. I didn't know... Okay. I don't know a ton about guns, as you can yeah. tell. That's all right. So you should learn more. I thought all I did think though all AK forty sevens would be fully automatic. Mm-mm. Not the case. It's just all like right. everybody thinks that's like a uh, whole gun topic with AR fifteens. Everybody's like these automatic assault weapons and yeah. all this kind of stuff. My gun's an AR fifteen and it doesn't shoot automatic. It's right. illegal. I you have an AR fifteen. Yeah, yeah it's semi. Um, 
But you're saying any kind. So you're saying I think automatic think weapons be should okay. be legal. You think okay, and and gun laws are state by state, right? Uh, yeah, but there is also federal okay. underlyings, right? What are the federal underlyings? Do you know? Do you, uh, know? you got short barrel rifles, which doesn't make any sense to me. Illegal? Uh, yeah. Well, Federally, they're they are illegal, but you can also get a tax stamp to possess one. If that makes sense, a tax stamp. So if you get a pay stamp, extra tax, yeah. So you if can you work? get if you get a tax stamp by the ATF, you can own an SBR rifle, short barrel rifle. Which I'm I'm going through the process now because I'm looking at a gun. I want to buy a twelve and a half inch barrel gun. So it's smaller barrels, lengthier, a uh, little. Sh- it's shorter, and it's. I have a sixteen now that I run at work. But I like I want a smaller one because we were doing some room clearing the other day. You have a 16 inch barrel. Yeah, that's pretty s- short. Yeah, but when you have the entirety of the gun, sure, you know, right, right. right? Yep. Um, so I'd like to get a 12 and a half because we were doing some room clearing the other night. We the way we do it at work is we have shift overlaps between the afternoon and the midnight shift. They come in at nine, so we have a four hour overlap, and we have a sergeant on Sunday that's all about training. Just train when you can. And so we went into the station, and uh, we downloaded our rifles. We took the bolts out. We cleared it. We opened up the uh, the chamber and everything like that so that we could see that it was clear. There was nothing in it, and we just ran room clearing. Mm. We ran, like, active killer stuff. Uh, we ran that stuff. We trained. We did repetitions. We tried to feed off each other. We went over mistakes, like, doing stuff like that. And 16-inch barrels, sometimes that just gets in the way. Cause it's, really? I mean, when you do room clearing, uh, you got to stack up on people close. And so, um, with all the gear we run, it's just sometimes nicer to have a smaller gun yep. than a 16-inch full. Yep. So, a short barrel rifle is illegal federally. Unless you have a tax stamp. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else are the federal regulations for Automatic tax? handguns are illegal. Or, not handguns, automatic rifles are illegal. Um, so, anything. So, automatic auto. rifles but you are can illegal also, in America. Yeah. But if you have a level three or... If you're like a level three arms dealer, or what do you call it, or a gun dealer, like uh, Royal Ranges out in West, they they have um, a license because they sell okay. firearms that they can possess automatic weapons. If you, um, but you had that's like a yearly payment thing. I think you have okay, to. Okay, like so a, they can possess to them, but you who can, can they, who who would they well, sell them you to? You can you can rent them at the the range and shoot them. Yes, same with the Nashville um, Armory. Yeah, same with the Nashville Armory. But you can run. I don't know 100% because I don't run into automatic weapons. So you don't ever. in the street? Well, in the uh, not 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 probably what you're thinking, but okay. there is a um, <laughs> there's a tool that the ATF has told us about that it's a little piece that goes on the back of Glocks that do make the Glocks. Uh, it's like a switch that makes them fully automatic. It's and like a bump stock? Yeah, no, not a bump stock. No, no, no. Bump stock is is for rifles. Um, this is it's like a little plastic piece that goes on the back of this. The Glock. I don't know exactly how it works. A handgun? Yeah. I like a Glock handgun. And um, you put it on there, and it makes it fully automatic. Now. Like a regular old Glock? Yeah, just like what you carry, your Glock 22. You can put it on the back of it, and it makes it. Now, that's illegal. But I could get that little a plastic felony. piece and put it on my Glock, and it'd be a fully yeah, automatic but handgun? but it's, it's a federal Good crime, grief. so. But it's you're not going to do much with it. I mean, it's going right. to exactly. take you up to, to the roof, so. Yeah, yeah, I have a hard enough time being accurate one shot at a time. Yeah. I can't imagine nine <laughs> spraying out of there in half a second. Um, I, I can't remember the exact rules and the uh, the law on it, but if you if you have a business and you're like a, um, I think it's like a level three, uh, or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. 
uh, it's like a, I think you had to pay yearly for this this tax. You are allowed to possess um, automatic machine guns. A regular citizen, yes, pays but, a certain thing. But it's and they I, I can't remember if you I can't remember if you have to have an LLC set up. Oh wow, does that make sense? What I'm saying, like I think sure. you have to have it, and it has to go through an application process. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, um, a lot of the gun YouTuber guys, uh, big guys that I watch. They, uh, I think they do the kind of stuff like that, and okay. they run stores and stuff like that. And Anything can, else federally that you, is notable? Um, shoot, not that I can think okay. of. Okay, how about Tennessee? Do you know much about the Tennessee state gun laws? Well, yeah, I mean it's pretty much the same. Okay, it's more Tennessee SBRs. is more gun friendly, if you will, yeah. in some states, right? Is that correct? Yes, I know that. I have Tennessee, to imagine Texas is pretty gun yeah. friendly, also. So is Mississippi, oh, yeah. um, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. All those states are all constitutional carry. Um, what does that mean? Uh, you don't have to have a permit to carry your gun. Oh, uh, yeah. is Tennessee constitutional carry? Yeah. You have the right. So okay, so explain. That just means if you're a certain age. What age? I mean, you have to be... Isn't this one of the things they're talking about right now in Tennessee? Yes. They're, they're talking about lowering it to 18? Well, you have to be... Does that mean be, it was 21? You have to be 21 to buy one. Okay. But they're talking about lowering it to 18 one. to buy one? Yeah. I think so. I think that is in the... Okay. Um, I can't remember. Let me look. I well, hold I'm on. I'm pretty sure that, That's not... I mean, my 12-year-old can go shoot a gun. Yeah, he right? can shoot a gun. Okay. So it's but about you have to be, the age of buying one. Yeah. Um, I should know this. This makes me look bad. That's fine. Don't worry about it. What are you looking up? Handgun Tennessee thing real quick. Oh. The law. See, when I got a handgun in Tennessee. So you had to be 21. That's what I thought. Okay. When I got a um, handgun in Tennessee, you had to get a handgun carry permit. Are you saying that no longer is necessary? Yeah, I mean, it's good to have. But you don't have to. You still had, but you don't have to. Open carry. Yeah. You can still conceal carry without a permit. Oh, you can? Yeah, it's constitutional carry. So I think when I got my handgun in the state of Tennessee, though, I think I had to get a, I think I had to this get is a permit. Re- this is like within the last year or two. That's what I thought. I yeah. think it was 2021. Yeah, I think it's when it happened. So in the state of Tennessee, yeah. I could walk out right here, right now, go into a gun shop and buy a few handguns. Yeah. Could I? Can I buy? I'll read you the law. Can I? Yeah, don't worry about it. Can I buy an AR-15 right now? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Right? You can just go do it. Yeah. All right. So you're you're a fan of of guns. You think people should have guns? Really, no restrictions. But what's like the meanest gun out there? I mean, I guess there's not much that's more crazy. And I'll say than this in this AK-47 topic: fully auto. I love guns. But I'm not like a gun guru, if that makes sense. Okay. I couldn't talk to you for days and days about the in and outs and all that kind of stuff. There are way better people for that than I am. Um, I, I have a pretty decent knowledge. I grew up around guns, obviously, so I love guns. Um, but what's the baddest gun out there? Like what? Yeah. Like an eight, like does it get much worse than like an Uzi fully auto or an AK-47 fully Yeah, but like what do you mean auto? what's the baddest? Like what, what are you what's defining? What's the most dangerous? Like what's... What what's the baddest gun, the meanest gun you can get to before you get to like rocket launchers? That's what I'm fishing for. Is, I mean, it'd be a fully auto, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't, okay. I don't know what you mean by baddest. Though. Like, what do you? The most dangerous. Most dangerous. I mean, any gun's dangerous, right? Sure, it's but all the gun the that can do the most it. damage in the least amount of time would have to be a fully auto. Yeah, rifle I guess of probably what you think kind, about right? Steve Paddock in in Las Vegas, Las Vegas shooting. Okay. Um, Was that a fully auto? Yeah, you know, there's theories around that. Uh, okay. They spend it off as though it gives a bump stock, but if you listen to that, uh, I was never in the military, so I'll never act like I was in the military or anything like that, uh, but my dad was, so I spent a lot of time around the training grounds and uh, just watching people do training and shoot their guns, and um, I, th- I can't remember what, it's the saw, you know, the big, okay. like, mounted uh, machine gun. 
I've heard those shot. And if you listen to the video in Las Vegas, it's what it sounds like. It doesn't mm. sound like an AR-15 being shot. It sounds like a fully belt, like belt-fed machine gun is what's being shot. But when you say you're cool with anything, you're you're cool with regular citizens carrying around belt-fed machine guns. Well, that's just not practical. But you're cool with it. If they want to. Okay. I mean, I think you should be able to own it if you want it. Okay. How about rocket launchers? I mean, if you want it, I mean, it's dumb. I don't know why would I would use it. Okay. But if you want it, I so mean, you're 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 yeah, like, but I don't, would you your classify? theory here is basically anyone can have anything. Let's just make sure everyone else, the good guys, also have equivalent firepower. Is that kind of your theory here? Yeah, kind of. But I mean, when you start talking about rocket launchers, I mean, would you consider that a gun? No, but you I'm know. just wondering. I'm looking for the parameters at which you're yeah. like, no, actually, that's not a good idea. Yeah, and we um, haven't really gotten to one yet. Yeah, that's why I'm, pretty, I'm going to, I'm that's pretty, why I'm going to I'm rocket pretty, launcher. I'm pretty open, dude. You're making me nervous, I'm dude. Open, man. How do you keep the bad guys from getting guns? I mean, you know, you have those laws, right? I mean, that's the that's the that's the million dollar question, right? You know, how do you keep the bad guys from getting that? Mm-hmm. Um, but just because you want to keep the bad guys from getting it doesn't mean you should be allowed to keep the good guys from having it. Well, I think my my thing on this is um, you know, it's you, you want the good guys to have as much of what yeah. the bad guys have as possible. Yeah. And so if there's a way to draw down the access to what the bad guys have access to, yeah. that seems like a good area to focus on. Yeah, I've never, I guess I've really never thought about a real parameter. Um, obviously, in the Constitution says it shall not be infringed, right? And so Supreme Court's ruled you know, on that for years. They've talked about it. They've gone through this conversation many, many times. And I'm surprised you haven't asked me about this question. Outside of police work and outside of that, you know, um, this is a real reason, I think, that, and I'm surprised you haven't asked me about it because I think it's a real threat, especially now where we are in the U.S. Um, history always repeats itself. A tyrannical government always finds its way into a some kind of position of power. And... If that doesn't happen, countries always get invaded. Yeah. So what do you do at that point? What happens if our infrastructure really does fail? What happens if we lose our power grids? Uh, we saw that on the East Coast a couple uh, last year at some point. Some random people, they don't, I don't even know if they found it, shot up this electric grid and shut down power for like thousands, thousands of people. Where and was all that? They, uh, I think it was somewhere on the East Coast, North Carolina or something okay. like that. And they just rolled up and shot it. Just like that. No yeah. no security measures. Our infrastructure is so fragile. So oh, what happens if internally absolutely. our infrastructure just goes down? Yeah. Now I can't count on the, the, the U.S. military to keep me from a foreign power. That's right. I can't even get to. I, how am I going to make contact with him? Mm-hmm. You know, what if you live in rural America out in the, the Midwest and we have lax gun laws, you can have whatever the freak you want. Yep. That's a second whole army right there. Yeah. And once you establish communications again, yep, you know, yep. Well, yeah. Th- then this is why I wanted to, my, I, I we have a few good friends who have gotten fairly vocal on social media about their opinions on gun control. Yeah, and I feel like I understand where they are coming from, yeah. and I sympathize with it, and. It feels to me like at least the people that I know that are advocating for gun control right now, it feels to me like they are coming from a good place. You know, it feels like 
what they want is something also that you and I, the net result of what they want is something I think all three of us would want. Um, I can agree the, with that. The, 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 but then there's a couple questions I have around it, which is, you know, gun control is so vague. So I don't know exactly what we're asking for. Yeah. When we want better gun control, I don't know what it is that we're asking for. Yeah. And my thought on that is, you know, if you don't want me to have my AR-15 anymore, I really don't actually have super strong opinions around that. I would just want, I, but there is one opinion that I do have a fairly strong, that, that, that I feel fairly strong about, which is, okay, I don't have a special relationship with my AR-15. Yeah. Okay. Truth is, I don't shoot it all that often. You know, it's not like there's a hole in my heart if you get rid of my AR-15. Yeah. Um, I would, though, I would be interested to know about how you can prove to me that the bad guys don't have AR-15s. Because Ooh. if the bad guys have I'm, AR-15s... I wouldn't argue that I would disprove If the, if the bad guys have AR-15s, then I actually kind of want my AR-15. Because I don't know why the bad guys should be oh, able to okay. have... I see what you're saying. I don't yeah, know yeah. why the bad guys should be able to have AR-15s, and I yeah. shouldn't. Because I'll tell yeah. you right now, I'm not going to go do something dumb with my AR-15. I'm yeah. just not. Yeah. Okay? Um... I feel like I can trust myself and I feel like you can trust me. So if yeah. we can somehow prove or certify that the bad guys have gotten rid of their AR-15s or their machine guns, I don't really care if you want to come take mine, you know, that, that, and I know, look, I, yeah. I know you disagree with that and, and I see, and I see why you would disagree with that. I get that. But the other thing that I, I want to say on that is if we're saying though, take all the guns, then the country's over. It's just it's over. Yeah, it might because, go. It might yeah. go. It might go fifty years. Yeah, it might go a hundred years. It's but it's not going to last. I don't think it'll go that long. I honestly it, think it, that it might go quite a bit less. And by the way, there's no way you're going to be able to take all the guns, you know, no. because the bad guys aren't going to turn theirs in. No. But let's just assume for a second that everyone turned in their guns, the good guys and the bad guys. You talk about history repeating itself. It's over, dude. It's over. Like you can see the bro, did you, you see in you Australia? You can see the reach of power in the few years that we've had yeah. in this country. It's insane, and that is not that's not an anomalous. Okay? Let's talk about Australia so, just for a quick second. That's uh, that's my yeah. Let's talk about Australia, but I just wanted to put that out there. Like I I sympathize with the things that these people mm -hmm. are after that are yeah. advocating for gun control. Yeah, I really do. I feel like what they want is things that we all want together. Yeah, we might just have somewhat different differing opinions mm -hmm. on the best way to get there. And that's sort of how I feel about it. Like I, I do think they built that into the constitution for good reason. Yeah. But also at the time, you know, we have guns now that they didn't have back then, you know, so would they write the same thing? I have no idea. Yeah. That's, I'm not prepared to really have that conversation. Um, but I do think though that there is something about citizens having firearms mm -hmm. that does it does it does keep power in check a little I bit. I think it does. Yeah. I really do. And I just to say to your point, any any friend that I have who is on the gun control debate and they're really for gun control, I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm not I see things at work all the time that are just horrific and people die over the dumbest stuff. I get it. I'm I'm there with you. I'm not I don't think they're coming from uh most people that I know coming from a, a, a malicious viewpoint i really do think they want the good of society i really do think that and i also think that's the beauty of america at the same time is um my right to own guns you don't have to buy a gun if you don't want one sure right, right. so if you don't want them 
don't have them, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I want to bring up Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, during COVID-19, during the lockdowns, like, they were putting people in these, like, facilities away yep. from their families. Mm-hmm. And what happened in 1996? They took the guns away in Australia. 1996? I believe you. Did they really? Uh, Joe, have, do you have access to internet? Double check that for me. I'm almost 100% Are you saying right now if you live in Australia, you can't own a gun? I don't know if you can't own a gun, but they took, a, like, the laws got really serious. Interesting. I'm not 100% what the full, but it was a big, like, they went and got guns, they turned them in, and basically took all of, uh, most of them, Australians' guns away. A yeah, ban on semi-automatic weapons. Yeah. They, they, there's a ban on semi-automatic Can they have weapons. handguns in Australia right now? I'm not sure. I think the only thing you can own is, like, um, uh, barrel feed shotguns, like double barrel shotguns, like loading in that okay. way. I think shotguns might be legal. I'm not 100% sure because, you know, they're also semi-automatic if they're too bad. Um, but if <laughs> the American government tried to put American people in camps for COVID-19... Bro, that would have been bad. Yeah. And that's why they didn't, you know? Yeah. Well, they put us in our houses in some states. Like, yeah. We didn't but, deal with but that But how in did Tennessee. they put us in our houses? All they did was just make people close their doors at businesses. So yeah. it really only forced right. people, right? Yeah. Well, In the sense yeah. of like passively, it wasn't like them going to grab them, mm-hmm. them taking to a facility that's not their home yeah. and making them quarantine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So do you, th- it seems to me like alongside the the challenge perception that cops have experienced in the last few years, that guns have also been experiencing a challenged perception, let's say. Yeah. Now, I would think that anyone who would advocate for tighter gun laws would be like, well, no crap. It's because there's been too many shootings, and yeah. of course they're going to, you know. Um, so do you feel like this narrative that guns are bad is getting blown out of perspective? Would I do you disagree with that narrative. I, I do think that it's, I was talking to my buddy today and um, I think it's really emotionally driven and I get that. And that's yeah. where I say I do empathize with people um, because having a kid, um, that school shooting that happened on the 27th, uh, it hit me a little different, you know, having a child and a second one on the way. So it does impact me a little different. Yeah. My buddy, his daughter was at her preschool when it happened. So it, you know, it, it definitely changes your perspective on things like that. But, man, when I uh, when I really started looking at the numbers about gun violence, it is not that big of a deal in perspective, if that makes sense. Obviously, one life loss is too many, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but you start looking at the numbers. Uh, we were texting a little bit earlier this week, me and you, and I, I got some graphs that I, I took some pictures of and brought um, I don't know if they have the total. I thought they were really interesting, so I took uh, pictures of them so I could save them. But I think in 2021, oh, that's a picture of my boy. <laughs> um, in 2021, let's see. I thought I took it. There were, let's see if I can find it. No, I don't have the the total number, but here's a good statistic. Um, in in the United States, I think this is 2021. There were uh, 12 um, gun deaths per 100,000. 
2021, 12 gun deaths per 100,000 people. And I think that totals up to about, in the last full statistic that the FBI had, I think it was for 2021, it may have been 2020, it was a 30-something thousand people uh, died related to gun, like to guns. Some firearm-related For the whole year? Yes. And this one is the majority of gun deaths are suicide. And this one is from the same uh, website that suicide makes up about 57.6% of those gun deaths. Okay. Now, are those stats, the suicide stats and gang violence being lumped in with the stats on, like, mass shootings? You know, like like the... yeah. The people that are advocating for tighter gun control, I don't think they're thinking about, like, the people using guns for suicide. I don't know if they're even thinking as much about people using guns yeah. for, for, uh, for for gang violence. Yeah. Because some of those things are going to happen, right? Like, if you want to kill yourself and you can't use a gun, you hang yeah. yourself. Or yeah. You, you do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume, you know, gang violence would be something along the same lines. Like, yeah, well, if you don't have guns, you're going to figure out yeah. another way to, to yeah. hurt the other guys yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. My my perception is a lot of their they're they're caring most about like these mass shootings in malls yeah. and movie theaters and yeah. schools and yeah. stuff like that. You corrected me earlier this week. Um, I don't know where I got the number two or more or three or more, but right now the definition is four more deaths or four more victims and deaths um, is what is considered a mass shooting. So yeah. you could either have four people shot or you could have four people shot. Two of those are dead. You know that's considered a mass shooting. Those do get lumped into the homicide because those are still ruled homicide. Okay, uh, and that still makes up you know thirty nine percent in this statistic. And this is uh, by CDC. These are okay. from the CDC. So, do you have a stat right there on total yes. gun deaths and how it breaks down? Yeah, this is like a little wheel to how it breaks down. Okay, what year is that? Uh, I believe this is two thousand and twenty one. Okay, what's the breakdown? Right um, it it could be twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. I can't okay. remember because. Like we were talking about before the podcast got started, I don't know how they, I don't know how long it takes to break up the data and to get it published. Yep. So, but this is with it's been recent years, so it's still you know valid. Um, so you have suicide makes up fifty seven point six percent of all gun deaths fifty seven for the whole year. Yes, fifty seven of all gun deaths for the yes. whole year. The suicide accounted for fifty seven percent from by CDC fifty seven point six percent. That's way higher than I would have thought. 57.6%. Because what surprises me about that is, you know, not to sound cute, but like a suicide is one shooter, one death. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. That's um, Because, you know, like if if, if there's a gang situation yeah. and one guy kills three people, it's like one shooter, three dead. Yeah. But a suicide is one shooter, one dead, and yeah. it counts for 57%. Yeah. That's a lot. That's man. really high. That's a lot. What else? What's the next uh, one? The next one is homicide at 39%. What does homicide mean? Just any someone killed someone else? What? Yeah, someone killing someone else. Okay. Where you can have justifiable homicide. You can have you know criminal homicide. Mm. Um, you know, they consider police shootings homicides, right? They investigate them as homicides. Okay. Um, but it's actually interesting about the statistic that they have from the CDC. They actually break it down and add police shootings as a separate category in here. And it only makes up 1.3%. Of shootings oh. in the U.S. Huh. Or, or at least this year, including that like year. that includes uh, justified police shootings. Yeah, okay. and non-justified. Yeah, it's all whatever. Together. Yeah, it should be all lumped together. What are and the other big ones? The last one is unintentional and undetermined shootings, or two point one percent. Okay, so the big ones are yeah. homicide and, and suicide. suicide. 
There's a this one I thought was really interesting. It was uh, age of uh, fire alarm, firearm related homicides by victim age, and we were talking about this earlier this week, and I think Sunday we talked about it as well. Um, you are correct when I think most people in the gun debate are referring to uh, one of the things they like to say is firearms are now the number one killer for our kids, mm-hmm. which statistically, if you want to take it at face value, that's true. Uh, but when you say that, you automatically think of what? What is your first thought when school you think shooting. of? Yeah, you think of school shootings, you think of, uh, you know, Aurora, Colorado, the movie theater, you think of uh, Virginia Tech, all those things like that. You, Columbine, you think all the stuff like that, uh, what happened at uh, Covenant School. That's usually when people think of first. The largest number uh, is 35% is age 15 through 24. 15, but they don't lump 15 through 24 in with kid deaths, do they? No, this is, this is, a, no, no, no. Well, okay. what I'm saying is, with the kid, I couldn't find a kid statistic. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time finding, like, a full graph. But what I'm saying, to my point, I guess I could have led that into a better uh, intro. Um, they incorporate anything, I can't remember if they put in the child death statistics 18 and under, or it's under 18, so 17 and down. Okay. But I believe they they say 18 and under. Okay. And they incorporate that into all child. But in this firearm-related homicide, 15 to 24%, or 15 to age 24 makes up 34%, which is the most. So most okay. of the time when they're talking about kids, they're talking about 15 to 18 in the statistic because most of those okay. are gun like gang-related shootings. Sure. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I've been on shootings involving uh, suspects who are 15 to 16 and victims who are 13 to 14, all gang-related. Okay. The shootings inside of uh, schools and markets and all that kind of stuff is such a small percent. I couldn't find a very good statistic on it because because it's so politicized. All the websites that did their data, they make it all this big fashion show of like graphs on this stuff, and it... It shows you percentages, but it doesn't show you breakdowns of where, when, what was the incident, what was the context. So it's it very like, it's kind of, I want to say, I don't want to say misleading, but it kind of is misleading. I was having a hard time finding out what the gun laws were in Connecticut in 2012 uh, when the Sandy Hook shooting happened. Yeah. I still to this day can't find it. Dude, I, I wasn't spending it. a ton of time on it, I mean, yeah. but I was looking. I was looking on Google. I was looking yeah. on DuckDuckDo. I was looking everywhere I could. <laughs> Looking a, a, a couple pages deep to find out what the gun laws were, and all I could find, every single link, was about the the laws that changed in Connecticut after the Sandy yeah. Hook shooting. But I was just, I would be curious to know, and you're probably not prepared with the with the info, but and based on how I was having a hard time coming up with something, I don't know that Colby, you'd be able to find something real quick here. But I was real curious to know, like, of the school shootings that have happened around the country in the last decade. You know, what were the gun laws in yeah. those states when yeah. those things happened? And and did the guns that they were using, were those guns legal or mm-hmm. illegal? Yeah. And were those people legal gun carriers or illegal mm-hmm. gun carriers? I I think I read a stat recently, and this might be wrong, but I I think I, I saw, it was something about 57% in handguns. And I don't know if it was 57% of all gun deaths were from handguns, or 57% of um, mass shootings were actually handguns. Uh, yeah, actually, I think um, I ha- this is a stat that I found as well. Um, the big topic right now is rifles, right? They are 15. That's what everybody wants to take. They call it the assault weapon, whatever. 
Um, and most stuff is done with a handgun. Majority of the shootings that I go to, it's always handguns. Really? Can you guess the caliber that it is 90% of the time? Nine millimeter? Nine millimeter. It's the most frequent okay. handgun ammo used, right? Um, so at least in my in my context that I see it, it's pretty much always nine. Hmm. I'm always collecting nine millimeter shells. Really? Always, yeah, dude. Not well, really? it's, it's easy to get, man. It's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I have a hard time finding forty for my Glock twenty two. But wow. I go down the store and get nine like nobody's business. Okay. Um but I thought this breakdown was pretty interesting. Um this is also from the C D C I believe. Yeah, this is um what would you say the number of uh Murder victims, so in the United States in 2021 by weapon used, what do you think is the leading firearm used in that? Of murders? Yeah. Uh, well, I would guess the leading firearm for murders would be a handgun. It's a handgun. Yeah. What do you think the second type is? Now, this one, I don't know how they're shotgun? categorized. No, they have a shotgun list on this, and I can't, I don't, I don't understand or... It says firearms type not stated. Mm. So I don't know if that's like some... That's sub- the second one? Yeah, that's okay. the second one. So I don't know if it's like some obscure like type of firearm or what. Yeah, Maybe like a rocket launcher or something. Right. Something I can yeah. kill with RPG. Yeah. Um, but what do you think number three is? Hmm. It's not shotgun? No. Is it a semi-auto AR-15? No. So it's not a handgun? Nope. I mean, what else is there, dude? Knives are cutting instruments. That's oh, wow. third. 2021, that was the number third... Uh, weapon used for murders. Hmm. What do you think number four is? This one blew Baseball my mind. Bats. This one blew my mind. I really had no idea. Cheapers, man. This is getting gruesome. Yeah. You tell me. It's personal weapons. Hands, fist, and feet, and et cetera. Wow. But was, surely, surely like semi-auto rifles would be included above number all that. What? Yeah. In 2021, How do you rifles, know it's not included in the number two, which is unspecified? Because they have a specific... Category for rifles. Now, this is for all murders. Yes. This in is not mass shootings. This is murders. Well, mass shootings would be incorporated into murder because it's still homicide. So it's still murder. Oh, this is all homicides? This is all homicides. Uh, rifles in 2021 only accounted for 447 deaths. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. 447 deaths. Hmm. Yeah, that number is pretty low. That's, a, that's extremely no, yeah. low out of 370-something million people. Now... 447, that's a life. That's 447 lives taken. So I don't want you to right. misunderstand what I'm saying is, no oh, 400 is not that much. Exactly. That's still people's lives. No doubt. Yeah. Right? If you're, yeah. But if your loved one was one of those 447 people that hits, yeah. hits different. Yeah, but then that. you have other guns. So I don't, I don't know how they're categorizing these guns. I'm, the only thing I can assume is like that killer um, for the Covenant shooting used a Keltec. Uh, 2000. I don't know what they were, what category like you would put that. Maybe that would that. fall under unspecified yeah, or something. unspecified or something. I don't know okay. what category you would put that under. Yeah. Maybe a pistol. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but you have uh, other guns after rifles, then you have blunt objects, then shotguns are all the way down below those, and they only account for 152 deaths. Wow. That's interesting. And this one's interesting. Number of murder victims. Uh, Drugs or narcotics are listed, which is pretty interesting because um, there's a unit for my department that um, goes after fentanyl pretty hard. And what they do is they find the sellers and they find the dealers and they try to connect deaths due to the narcotic and they charge the uh, dealer with second degree murder for distributing uh, fentanyl and leading to the death of people. Well, that's so I'm wondering if that's That's, what they consider. Now, my understanding is that deaths of despair, like uh, drug overdoses get lumped in with this. 
this number, drug overdoses in this country has risen to over 100,000 a oh, year. Oh, it's insane, it's man. It's quite a lot now. It's a it's lot. It's become like one of the I see issues. probably four to four to ten times a week an overdose occurs just in my sector, in my precinct. How often? Four to ten a week. Four to ten overdoses leading to deaths? Not necessarily deaths. Because okay. we get there okay. fast enough, and okay. we can Narcan them. Because okay. if I don't get there, man, it would gone. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we. Uh, I had this one um, at a Crystal's parking lot, and they had. They were actually. It was kind of sad. Um, they were really nice people, and he was saying that they had been in rehab and they had been clean for about, I think, five years, maybe something like that. And they drove by a spot where they used to buy drugs from a guy, and they had a moment of weakness, and mm. they went and bought some, and it was fentanyl, and she, I don't even think he said that she ingested it. I think it just got on her. Oh, my god! And gosh. she immediately went down. That's unbelievable. Immediately went down. She yeah, was hard had, to get up. She was extremely hard to get up. Ugh. I think we hit her twice, and then the FD gave her the needle, and she was, we weren't sure if she was going to make it, but I think she did. So we have two to three times people dying from drugs in this country than guns, but that's... That makes it sound like the gun thing is not as big of a deal as it is because I think one of the difference there is, you know, if I overdose, it's me choosing to go get on that drug yeah. and take that drug, and yeah. then I might die. And that is different, I feel like, than me pulling out my gun and shooting you. You know what yeah. I mean? But you have to take majority of that is suicides, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I was telling him, I think you were upstairs. I saw it was the last podcast, the guy that you had on, and he was talking about his unpopular opinion was, uh, he thinks comedians are like the last, uh, yeah, yeah, um, the prof- modern day prophets. prophets. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's funny because this one comedian has been floating around on my Instagram feed. Um, I saw a joke that you know you're old when you get all the TikToks from your Instagram reels instead of actually That's from the TikTok. only TikToks I've ever you, seen, right? bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on yeah. Instagram reel. It's like three weeks later. I intend to keep yeah. it that way too. Yeah, and so um, he um, he starts uh, this bit where he's like, "Man, you know, thirty thousand people die." Last year from, um, you know, firearms. He goes, man, then 30,000 is a lot and one's too many. And he goes, that's a lot. And then he goes, but is it really a lot? I don't know. He goes, mm-hmm. because, you know, last year also 40 people, 40,000 people died from tripping and falling. And so it's like, it's oh, a really? comedy bit. Yeah. And you think about it in a country of 375 million people. Sure. 57% of that 40, 35, 40,000 gun deaths is suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're talking twenty, thirty thousand a year for for gun deaths. If you can run that number for me somehow, uh, approximately, we're probably thinking twenty five thousand homicides. We'll we'll even go with thirty. Just go so with thirty thousand homicides 000 divided by three hundred million, three hundred seventy five million people. What's that? What's that percentage? Uh, point oh eight percent. Point oh eight percent likelihood of being shot and killed by a firearm. So you had a greater chance of dying from COVID than. Firearms, car accidents. But you talk about medicine um, malpractice. Doctor, you know doctors having. You know, I think this, this, um, this. But it's this, scary. The, it's like I get it. No, right? I get it. I get it too. But you know, one of the things that that isn't being talked about. Do you have a better that, lighter that I haven't chance? seen talked about? You want to torch? Yeah, it? dude, mine, mine's like torch crapping out on me. I can't get to stay lit. Torch this bad. I'm not giving it enough love either. Throw it in there, man. I know. There we go. All right, you got it? Yeah. You got it. 
one of the things that I have not seen talked about at all recently is the fact that TikTok has a um, national shoot up your school day. Did you know about that? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. There is dangerous TikTok school shooting challenge causes false active shooter reports. Oh my god. The dangerous TikTok school shooting challenge trending on social media app has been leading to false active shooter reports. Um, the challenge, which tasks TikTok users with prank calling schools and police claiming that they will attack schools and That's students, a felony. has been gaining traction since the recent Nashville incident. And before I saw that, I saw um, I think this I think this was in 2021. Let me let me take a look here real quick because I have it somewhere. I think it was in 2021 that. Um, yeah, in December of 2021, this was reported in, in one of the news things I get. A TikTok challenge known as National Shoot Up Your School Day gained prominence. What the heck, man? I mean, you understand you, you understand that China doesn't even allow TikTok in their own country? Well, they do. Our version they? of TikTok is not available in China. They, they fix the algorithm. No, it's not just the algorithm. The stuff that's is, that they are allowed to see in China. I know. They don't see the stuff that we see. They have yeah. like science fairs and yeah. and like patriotic like stuff that they're showing their their people. Yeah. Like we are this mass experiment from China. Like it seems to me that one of the things that we should that would be reasonable to ask if we're going to allow TikTok in this country from a f- known foreign adversary mm-hmm. is first of all if you're going to have it over in this country, let's start with you ha- offering it in your own yeah, country. Absolutely. Because they don't allow Facebook in China and Facebook originated wow. in America. They don't allow Instagram in China and Facebook and Instagram originated in America. I think the same with Twitter. And But it's not a apples and oranges. It's not an apples and apples no. comparison. No. Because we allow Facebook here. Yeah. And so if they allowed Facebook in China, you know, it's that's a, two a little way street. bit. It's a two-way street. Yeah. They don't even allow our version of TikTok in their own no. country, but we allow it in ours and it yeah. makes no sense. And so when you have like, this is, this is what I wonder is how, how much of this issue is access to guns. And part of the issue probably is bad people having access to guns. Yeah. I wouldn't argue that. I just don't think it's the full issue. No. Like if you have a, you know how many people are on TikTok now? A lot of people are on TikTok. I think at it's least like a billion one of, people. It's like one of the most popular yeah. social media apps in this country right now. A lot yeah. of people are on TikTok, and furthermore, a lot of young people are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to allow a national shoot up your school day challenge on the most popular social media platform and think that has no effect in the real yeah. world? That makes no sense to I me. Know. And one of the things that we do really, really, really well in this country is we treat symptoms. We don't go for the cause. We do it with our health care. We do it with everything, everything and pretty much everything. That's yep. our MO here. Yep. You got a little sniffle. Okay, here's, you got a little yep. cough. Here's some coughing. Oh, you got a little fever. Here's some stuff yep. to bring your fever down. You got, um, like, it's all, it's like whack-a-mole. Absolutely. It's like something pops up and, and then we like treat the symptom instead of the cause. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if some of, and I don't mean to offend anyone, you know, because I know that some, some of the people that are for gun control, they are friends. And if they're listening to this, I don't mean to be offensive. I'm fine with looking at gun control. Yeah. I just wonder if it's yet another 
way that we just tend to treat the symptom. Yes. There's something going on underneath. There's something underlying. There's a sickness. If you, if you, if you change the, the gun thing in this particular scenario, you're treating, I think the symptom, well, not, I think you are. You're treating the symptom, not the cause. The guns the don't shoot themselves, trait. and yeah. it, it's it. There's 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 something underlying here, and literally Sunday. What did the shooting happen on the 27th? I feel like it was the 27th. Yeah, it was a Monday. Monday the 27th. Yeah. So on Sunday the 26th, I am finishing Sebastian Younger's book Tribe. He wrote this book in 2016. I I heard about it a bunch when it came out, and since I just never read it. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, we were in Chattanooga for a couple nights, and um, just Marianne and I, and we stopped at a Barnes and Nobles. Chattanooga like, is amazing. Know, it is. It's awesome. And uh, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon or something. We went into Barnes and Nobles because I wanted to buy this book because I had forgotten to take a book. And um, I got Tribe off the. It was like the only. It was the last one. There was one copy in the Barnes nice. and Nobles. I pulled it off the bookshelf and I started reading. I was. I just stood in the middle of Barnes and Nobles, for probably at least thirty to forty minutes, just reading the book like a dummy. Mariana was off somewhere, and I just couldn't put it down, man. It was really, really good. Yeah. So on Sunday, the 26th of March, I'm finishing Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe. And there's a page and a half in there that actually talks about school shootings. Yeah. And he was saying that at the time, this was written in 2016. At the time, I think like 1,368 people had been killed with um, at, in mass shootings, like over the last 10 years leading yeah. up to 2016. I mean, it's a pretty... Pretty, that at the time, that was a very low number. It spiked a lot since then, yeah. which I think is telling. But one of the things he was saying in that book is that about half of the school shootings happen in um, kind of suburban, wealthy, white, Christian neighborhoods. 100%. Dude, this 100%. literally I, what he was saying in the book. And the other half happen yep. in uh, rural, poor White neighborhoods. School shootings no or mass shootings? Uh, a, a, I forget if he specified. I think he was saying maybe school shootings at this okay. point. I forget if he was specifying or not, but I'm pr- I, I know it involves school shootings. And one of the things he was saying was that no school shooting has ever happened in basically a ghetto. No. And you know why? He's, well, he's, he's saying that part of the reason, look, people die in the ghettos from yeah. guns, but a lot of times it's, gang violence, and then a bystander accidentally gets shot. And, I think there's and, a different reason. Okay, well, his his philosophy is in in those gang settings, you have your own tribe. You you have something that you're defending, yeah. or you're going on the offense for a particular reason, but it's like a, it's a war, it's a battle. Yeah. And, but what they're not doing is walking into schools and shooting up, you know, nine-year-olds. No. And there's... There's a sickness that's being revealed in our society by these school shootings, and they happen in these types of neighborhoods, and that is an indication of the type of sickness that we're dealing with. Yeah. I, and then the next day, it happened. Yeah. And it's exactly what happened. It was in a yeah. wealthy, suburban kind of white Christian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what happened, man. So there's a sickness going on that I think – you know, removing guns or greater gun control, hey, maybe it will work, maybe it won't. I, I don't really know. I don't know a lot about that. But to to but I wonder if I wonder if it would really fix things entirely. I don't think it would. Because it feels like a little bit like treating the symptom. Yeah. Like there's something going on here, man. There's like a sickness. You know how you know how sick you have to be in your mind to walk in and shoot 
nine-year-olds? Dude, like, you're yeah. not, you're not right, dude. It, it, you're it not really, right. it has bothered me a lot just because now well, I have a kid and thinking yeah. about someone harming my son, man. Yeah. I would do no unspeakable doubt. things to someone who touched my child. And I mean, you're, it's, it's also pretty demented if you got kicked out of, um, this was a park, but this was park, park, the Florida one. Parkland or? Parkland, maybe. Yeah, Parkland School or whatever. That guy was expelled. He was a real troublemaker, expelled. He was a known threat. Um, this was the one where he came with a duffel bag and a backpack, and they had known that he was a known threat, yeah. and someone was spotted him coming back to school, and they decided not to call it in because they didn't want to. Basically, didn't want to offend him or or uh, escalate things, and they they were like, ah, it's probably fine, but they knew he was a threat. Yeah, he was expelled, and they didn't call him in, and then it was too late. And that was the one too where the. Um, the school resource officer or the security guard on site basically ran away. Yeah, and was later charged with. Um, yeah, he like, did. He got like, fired like and manslaughter, with cow- cowardice, I think cowardice, a, yeah. um, endangering children. Absolutely. I mean, they, they kind of threw them. They, th- they threw Good. the book at him. If you can't do that, but, then you are a coward. Yeah, no doubt. But I think that you know that's messed up. When you're expelled from high school and you go back and shoot up your high school, that's messed up. Okay. But it, it's a different kind of demented when you go yeah. back and shoot up nine year olds. What's, I mean, it's a different kind of thing, you know? You probably like, know the answer to this. What do you think the most common theme is uh, for school shooters? And even uh, think of like Aurora, Colorado, the the, um, the is it like mall shooters. Is it like mental illness? And, no, maybe, yeah, that's got to probably a play in it. But what do you think is the most common theme? Feel like they went like, to the school? Say that again? They went to the school? They went to school, maybe, but it's 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 really simple. It's just what do you think is the most common theme as a personality trait for those people? Oh, reclusive. Isolation. Isolated. Isolation. Absolutely. That'd be Isolation. my guess. Is that true? Yes. Almost all of them were some form of self-absorbed, isolated people. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you can look it up. But almost all school shooters, uh, even uh, the latest one, um, she was a she was a loner. As far as I know, all the facts have come out about her. Uh, she apparently didn't get along with her parents very well. They were having a pretty bad relationship, and um, you know, I, I, that's Is one that thing. The I, case? I think so. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. Uh, just what I've read. Um, I was talking to my buddy today that he's not. He was saying the same thing. He's like, I don't. What What do they want? I don't know what would fix this issue. What do you do to fix that issue? And I said, one of the biggest things, man, is family, community and family dynamic. Yeah. We have to bring that back. When you throw that to the side, man, it's, we know, as, as far as a church setting, that's one thing that Emmanuel preaches, right? Be connected with others. Yeah. Be in a community. What that looks like, I, whatever. As long as you're, you know, in your community, yep. you're meeting people, you're knowing them, they know you, mm-hmm. you they can keep you from those types of evil. Think about times, I mean, when long periods of time of being sick, right? And you're isolated. Mm-hmm. Dude, sometimes you get in some dark places, Oh, right? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. every time. Shoot, when Carmen and uh, Jennings go out of town, like back to Mississippi, oh, when I can't get off dude, of work, I, it's the worst. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst, bro. It's I get worst. to a bad spot real quick when everyone's out of this house. What's up, man? Austin Lap. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> there we go. He's back. We got a camera on him, Kobe? Sweet. Is it positioned properly? Is he good in the shot? Oh, how good? Does he look good or? 
I feel weird dropping. Oh, man. He looks real good. I like that brown jacket hat, bro. Fits the vibe. What's that? Fits the vibe. Fits the vibe. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So we have uh, Austin Lapp dropping in on the podcast. Austin is um, my childhood friend from upstate New York. And we went to school together, church together. His older brother, Matt Lapp, was one of my best friends. Ken got me started in business. Oh, yeah. 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 Now Austin's just crushing it. He would never say it. He would never. <laughs> no, it's not thanks to me. Um, he is. It's. Um, would you like a cigar? Oh, uh, no, thanks. We uh, I forget what I was going to say, dude. He smoked oh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. His older brother, his older brother, Matthew and my and my friend Marvin and I were like best friends. And uh, we had a little club called uh, MMKL. Dude, and, I forgot about this. Yeah, MMKL, and there was a furnace room in our gym. There was all of 45 people total in the school we went oh, to man. at the peak. At the peak. Gate, grades 1 through 12, 45 across 12 grades. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, it was a small church, like 60 to 75 people at the church. It was Mennonite. We, we grew up uh, Mennonite. Mm-hmm. And there was a furnace room in the gym. <laughs> yeah. And the MMKL, the three of us, his older brother Matthew mm-hmm. and me and Marvin, we uh, had a little club, and we uh, we we would roll cigarettes out of paper. Nice during our class time, <laughs> and at break we went we went down there and smoked our hand rolled uh, cigarettes from nice. just paper. Nice. I still remember how it tasted. Are you serious? Yeah, just straight paper. <laughs> nice. If you take oh, regular dude. paper and roll it, um, and then light the end and mm. smoke it, it it's smoky. What do you yeah, have? Yeah. There's no there's no tobacco in there. So Smoke no wagons uh, out of Las Vegas. There's a there's a glass for you right there, Austin. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, take, um, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. take this. They're a fairly new um, distillery, I think. And I, a couple years ago, I had their first bottle. It was their uh, kind of re- first release. And then I was at the liquor store the other day, and they had a new line of their small batch. And it's really smooth. It's kind of on the sweeter end. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, I like the small batch stuff. That looks that smells nice too. So Austin uh, came to visit me yes, yesterday. Yeah, he was leaving tomorrow morning, and then he cut nice. out a couple hours to go see my brother, and he's back again. So yeah, all right, welcome to the podcast, yeah. Austin. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, nope, you're good. Community, man, it's Community. so important because yeah. just I mean I think about like Carmen went out of town last week. I couldn't get off work, and just kind of like the place you go, it's it's weird when you're alone. Yeah, and you don't really have time to. To go and do things, and you've got to get stuff done, sucks the life out of you. Yeah. So now imagine you're a loner, and you're on TikTok. Your algorithm is nothing but um, the big thing right now is uh, conservatives want are like committing genocide on transgenders. That's like the big phrase that they're using right now. Like that's happening. Like that's a real thing or something. So now think that your algorithm's that. That your algorithm is conservatives are trying to take people's human rights away. Think about this constant barrage of progressivism that's like probably influencing. I'm thinking of this current shooter. Yeah. But I'm just using this as an example of just a barrage of that. You think that someone's coming after you to try to kill you. You think it's a certain type of uh, thought process, ideology that's coming after to kill you. Where do you go from there? Sure. Right? Yeah. As an isolationist. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from that? I don't even know if I use that word right. I guess it's yeah. correct. Isolationist. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the natural the, progression of that would be. For sure. Acting out for evil sure. Because I, I kind of feel like maybe that's a big one because we could talk about access to guns. We could talk about 
you know, TikTok's National Shoot Up Your School Day Challenge. Mm-hmm. We could talk about video games. Because I, I, I don't know what the effect. I, I've heard, like, mixed... I have heard that, like, there's not data showing that video games have caused shootings. Yeah. And so far, the recent studies not, haven't I shown I don't that... Know. Recent studies shown that there isn't a leading cause of aggression yep. for kids that, from That's what games. I thought. Um, um, you could look at, now at I'm movies biased. and how... Because I'm a big video game guy. Are you really? I'm a, I'm a PC guy. I love. Okay. I, I it's a it's a f- art form for me. I really appreciate like yeah. uh, graphical design and stories and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'm a big into that world. I don't play as much as I used to. Now I'm a dad and have a real big boy job and all that yep. kind of stuff. So, yep. but you know I'm kind of biased. But movies, you know, I don't know what kind of effect movies have on like yeah. video games and movies were things like that. I don't know if you you heard some of the sauce in, but I heard more like 10, 15 years ago in our circles. Like it mm-hmm. was just more like. I don't know, maybe even 20 years ago, like, hey, that's going to lead to bad ends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and yeah. maybe it does some. Yep. I don't know. Maybe. But your your point is the data isn't really rolling that out. Yeah. But the the um, the narrative, I do wonder what kind of damage the narrative has done yeah. because there does seem to be a real narrative, at least from the far left, at least yeah. in the, in the um, transgender community, yeah. that somehow the Christian right is out to exterminate us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, I think the one thing that you, you, I would love to, I would just want them to know that, well, first of all, I'm sure a lot of them have gotten mistreated. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, sure. you know, 20, sure got 20 years ago, yeah. it was not a good, it was not, it was not easy even to be gay, yeah. you know, in, in mm-hmm. certain circles. Yeah. Um, well, in certain circles, it probably is still not. You know, and so in the in transgender is like, you know, another notch beyond that. And really. how much it's ramped up in the last five years. Sure. So like I'm, I'm sure it. a lot of people got mistreated. And that's really, really unfortunate. But, you know, our belief system, because we all share it here. And so we all know, like, our belief system doesn't allow for, like, outward violence like no. that. There's no place for that. No. There's a place for disagreement. Yes. There's a place for speaking the truth in love. There's a place for love, um, but there's no place for taking someone's life. No. There's no place mm-hmm. for violence against another human. Like the very core of our belief system, it doesn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. It's like the ex- it's built on the exact opposite. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so I'd want them to know that. You yeah. know, I'd want them to know that. Yeah. Like whatever they think of of us yeah. as as Christians. Um, if they're thinking that we're out to like end lives and yeah. take lives, it's it's not. And if there is anyone out there that is about that, it's not because they're 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 too saturated in the Christian belief. Yeah. It's because there's a problem. They have and, some kind and of. And they're a little yeah. off, and yeah. they're saying that they are, but they're yeah. they're kind of missing the Absolutely. mark. And I contrast that to, you know, some of the stuff that I saw on like libs of TikTok is it's like man these. There's some of those people that are yeah. actually calling for violence. It's yeah. like, man, I thought, hey, I thought the far left here was actually for love, yeah. but you're calling for violence. Yeah, I just it's, followed you recently on Twitter. Um, oh, we just, I'm not on Twitter you, much, but I have a Twitter me back. account. You followed me back. I did? And uh, Yeah, and I was telling somebody this the other day. Uh, I specifically follow pretty much only political accounts on mm-hmm. Twitter. That's pretty. That's usually really the only reason I use Twitter. Uh, I get saturation of both far left extreme, far right extreme, somewhere in the middle and somewhere through all that garbage 
you can find some truth, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just got to sift through it all. It's like swimming in that giant trash pile out in the middle of the ocean yeah. and just trying to find clean water, yes, right? That's exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah. And so you're just, you're out there moving plastic That's straws why I and McDonald's That's I swim bags. elsewhere. Yeah. I don't you're swim just, in the trash, trash piles in the ocean but, anymore. Yes. That's why I'm not on Twitter much. But I love it though, <laughs> right? Because I think it really shows the actual nature of where people are at in this country. And so... Oh. Um, but See, I don't that, think it does. Well, okay, let's, let's that's not. Fair. Can we come back to that? Yeah, we'll okay. come back to that because I, I do agree. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, don't take that for a hundred percent what I was saying. Yeah, to that extreme. But I do see on the far left, um, they're calling for like real violence, mm-hmm. like actual violence, and I don't see that as much on the right as I do on the far right as I do on the far left. The far right's position that they take that I've seen. I don't know if I'd consider myself far right, right? I wouldn't consider myself. I'm, I'm just pretty much a traditional conservative family Christian guy, right? Which I don't know. Some people probably would consider that far right. Yeah. But. It's all right, baby. Right? Amen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> they, the posture that I see Bro, most. Bro, you had that teed up quick, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you heard that before. And ready uh, for it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to as a cop, Kobe, man. Do you mind shutting that door? I think we're okay. It's a little chilly. And- I was about to say, you kind of have to as a cop. Just things that get yeah, hurled sure. at you, you got to have quick comebacks because yeah, you got to have them ready. But uh, I, the posture that I see come a lot from these crazy far-right people is not intentionally going out to seek violence, but if you come to me and seek violence, yeah. you will not, you're not going to make it out of this. Mm-hmm. So that's the posture I see come from the right side is if you come this route, you're going to be met with violence. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. not going to do violence That's against right. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I see on the far left is go get your weapons trained. And let's go. Do violence on these people That's because right. they're trying to kill you. That's so wild. that's yep. the that's the <sighs> difference that I see yeah. is not that both sides aren't capable of violence, but the other side's like, look, if you come that route, mm-hmm. I will meet you with that same force. Mm-hmm. And you probably aren't going to win that one. That's right. But the left is like, we're coming for you. Yes. That's, that's right. what I see on these both extremes. It's it's pretty wild, some of the stuff I've seen from the transgender community. But another interesting thing I've seen is from the moderate left and a little further left. I wouldn't say the far extreme progressives, because there is a difference between traditional liberalism and, I think, progressivism. Um, I You know, I have some friends who fall under the traditional liberalism. Uh, Tim Pool's a great. I really like his podcast. We disagree on a I lot. I've seen some clips of his yeah. on YouTube. I don't know that much about him. Yeah. We disagree on... Quite a bit of stuff, but he's a traditional liberal, you know. He's okay. uh, oh really? Would, yeah, he's he's a pretty cool dude. He's got some good takes, good points. Oh, that's um, funny because yeah. I thought he was kind of from the right. Uh, that's the point, oh, right? Cool. That's how far things have shifted, huh. right? He's a traditional liberal, but people paint him as a right winger and wow. as an alt rightist, but he's not. He's far from it. Um, but I forgot what I was saying. What I was saying? Oh, so in in the kind of like the moderate left circles of the LGBTQ community. I've actually seen this resurgence of people who are calling themselves the LGB community and they're really? separating the trans queer plus and they're removing that and they're saying we don't want anything to do with that. Really? Because the 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 remarks that they're making, they're saying we work too hard to get to where we're at for you to come across and start calling for violence mm-hmm. and start acting like this and making us look like we're partaking in that because mm-hmm. we are not partaking in that. Well, and that's the thing I was going to say too is, you know how I was just saying, look, what I would like the, what I would like people to know that feel like the Christian people yeah. are, are out for their demise or whatever is like, 
hey, that's actually not the case. That's not what mm -hmm. our belief system is built on. Mm -hmm. They would probably also be quick to point out, hey, some of these people on the libs of TikTok or whatever, yeah. some of these people that you're saying are, are talking about all this violence and extremism or whatever, they're the far exception, not the mm -hmm. rule. And they also, they don't really accurately portray our belief system and our values either. Mm -hmm. They would probably say that. So I just wanted yeah. to say that in their defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would hope. I would hope. I would hope. That, that is my but to guess. be fair, the problem with that is the amount of different people that I say seeing that or saying that, the transgender community alone is not very big. Sure. So right. the amount of people that I see mm -hmm. uh, ex like being proponents for acting out mm -hmm. violence is a lot. So like, what's the percentage of that community? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a big community. I don't know. But I do think, I think this is an important point. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I genuinely feel like Twitter is a terrible, is a gross misrepresentation of our society. That's how I feel. Social media in general. I yeah. feel like social media in yeah, general very is accurate. because you know yeah. how you know how stuff just gets yeah. amplified on yeah. there. And and how many times are you out and about and someone walks up to you, treats you poorly, like almost never. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm the wrong yells person. Yells at you. For that. Yeah, you, you I feel like yeah, I'm the you, wrong you person. Are, <laughs> yeah, you're wearing it's that kinda, cup. Kinda like that five cup days uniform. a week. Yeah. Five days a week that happens. But even um I was hearing uh Jordan Peterson talk about this and now he, let me just say he, I love that man. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think he's a modern. He's he's got a bead on on something. Yeah, he was saying that, you know, people talk about how everyone hates him, mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, online a lot of people do hate him. He mm -hmm. he gets that a lot. In real life, almost never. Yeah, really, he said, almost yeah. never. He said he'll get um, if he's out and about, he'll get like four to seven people approaching him per hour. Yeah, extremely. And this is public, extre right? This is public. Not at event or anything like just that. Just out and about, just walking down about. the street, whatever. Yeah, an event, they're lined up, you know. Mm. Um, just out and about, four to seven people per hour, and almost he, almost never does someone come up and cause a confrontation. Yeah. That's or good. even have any negative thing to say that's to him in person. See, that's, that's exactly really what, something. like, I just think that right on, like, what we see on social media is not a exactly. true representation of what's happening. I don't yeah. think it is at because all. Because the way that he's portrayed is, is that he's this divisive, polarizing person yeah. who has like he's actually really smart dude like yeah he's not dumb yep but like all i see in social media is that he makes everyone mad kind of a thing yeah well he does piss some people off i'm sure he, he does, does but, but like it's amplified i think mm -hmm. it, with social media you know you have one person say something you say it really you say it really like energetically you're like you make it like hyperbolous or whatever yeah. you make it like over the top and then you know, 150,000 people like it or whatever, Yeah. you know, and that's mm. just like, oh, that's representing 150,000 opinions. No, yeah. it's not, yeah. you know? So I, I agree that I social think media that is not a good representation of society. That's why I'm a phone call guy. Mm. I, most of my friends, they're not phone call people, and they hate the fact that I like to call people on the phone because text and tweets and Facebook posts, Preach. they don't portray I love this. Your, your demeanor, your tone, or anything like that. Yeah, but that. they're efficient, bro. They are efficient, but you know I'm what? I can text. I can text. I separate text from I know, social media. But I can carve five minutes out of my day to talk to you on the phone. Uh, here's here's so my that no here, miscommunication. Here, here, here's here's my thinking on that. Is you can, but I think you're thinking about it wrong because you have constraints throughout your day, and yeah, everyone can carve out five minutes, including Elon Musk, right? Yeah. Everyone can, but. If you're going to carve that out, you're going to have certain constraints. Here's here's the example I, I would think about this is a couple weeks ago, we were out in the sauna, Marianne and I, and she had sold something on Facebook Marketplace and they were coming to pick it up. 
and you know it's gotten so frictionless now. Yeah. Like they pay for it that you set it out in the front porch and they just come and pick it up. You never even meet them. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, all right, there's a, there's a frictionless element to this. There's an efficiency here because of the model. Yes. She could get out of the sauna and walk up there and show them the thing. And it would only take five minutes. She has five minutes like everyone does in their day. They could shake hands, you know, pass cash back and forth and she could go get back in the sauna. But whatever we were talking about would get interrupted. So that gets moved around a little bit. Yeah. And then now there's a, the door got open and shut a couple of times. The t- you know, like, yeah, but like, like if the but- like if a butterfly flaps its wings yeah. and that's felt around the world, yeah. then consider the impact of the difference between texting someone on Facebook marketplace and being like picked up, got it all good. And getting out of the sauna, going around to the front and shaking yeah. hands. Like and, that has, a, a that has a carry on impact. So yeah. no, I don't think it is different. I think it's the same because if you're going to call everyone, yeah, then you can no longer say your piece and then they receive it in their time frame and yeah. respond on their time frame and you receive that on their time frame like a text is. Yeah. You need me to be available at the exact same five minutes yeah. that you want to be available. And I love to hear your voice, don't get yeah. me wrong, but you've just created a a certain bottleneck in my day. Yeah. So there are certain things that you need a phone call for. I don't disagree. But I text think the context super yeah. efficient. That's what I'm asking. Like, what are we calling the con- for? That's like, what I'm saying. The context that I'm no, there's no good reason to is, call anymore, bro. No, see, <laughs> that's, no, that's what on. I'm saying. When I'm I saying, disagree. What I'm saying is how Twitter, how you see it's so polarized. Nobody's going to be as mean to you face to face as they are on Twitter. Hundred yeah. percent. So I think things get misrepresented when you're having a discussion. Uh, over. Oh, oh, I, oh, I'm oh, talking oh. about in it's, that context. Sure, sure, sure. That's you, different. I, yeah, ta- I agree. When I told you I'm 13 minutes out, yeah, I'm not going to call you. Hey, bro, my ETA is. 616. I got you. Like, that makes right. no sense to me. Obviously, that's efficient. Yeah. What I'm talking about is on Twitter, you know, everything, everybody's always fighting. Yeah. I rather have a discussion with you on a serious matter over phone call, in person, or some kind of video chat, or in Discord, or something, yeah. over a text, because texts don't portray tone, body language, or demeanor. I agree with that's that. That's what I mean. Because we were talking about how, you know, Twitter's so polarized that, um, and I guess what I meant is it portrays our culture. I think what I meant is it portrays the extremes of our cultures. Oh, it for sure does. And so I think and that's it, why I think yeah. it's a misrepresentation of yeah. society because it portrays the extremes. I'd agree um, to that. You agreed as a cop to walk through the footage of oh, yeah, the shooting yeah. of the Covenant yeah. School shooting. Um, yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. I'd like to get your thoughts on... Um, before we do that, can I ask you, as you're teeing that up, yeah, do we want to make it full screen? Um, how how devastating is that experience for the police officers involved? Or is there training that goes a long way with this? I'm, I'm sure that there is, yeah. but they're also still humans. Um, how do you go back on the force the next day or the following week or however that works mm-hmm. and just go back to yeah. your job? So first of all, I'll start off with some training. We'll just that's the easiest thing, right? We'll talk about that. Um, training when I went my my academy was uh, a little over six months long, and then I had training in the field. So I had a total of a year of training. Um, for us, we had a whole full forty hour week of active killer aggression, like room clearing. We even had sim rounds. We did the whole shebang. Like we went full out. So. My department personally got a ton of training. Um, so that's how, you know, one of the things, and you'll see in the video, which is so, it's amazing what what they did. It's an unfortunate situation. It's a terrible situation. But 
the response was, I don't know if you could have done it better. I really don't know. Um, when you train, and that's what I was saying about we, on Sundays, we go and do room clearing as a, as a detail. When the overlap happens, we'll go clear our rifles. We'll make sure everything's gone. We'll go, we'll do some room clearing. We'll make sure we're on the same page. We'll practice. We'll correct each other. When you train, it's the same thing with CrossFit. It's the same thing with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Same thing with running, lifting weights. When you train over and over and over again, your training will always take over in those kind of situations, right? So with that aspect, I say, you know, in this video, that's exactly what happened, I think. Mm -hmm. One, obviously courage, right? He had courage. He was brave. He was down to business, no nonsense. But I really think it was a lot of his training that kicked in. Now, to the aspect of uh, how do you deal with that mentally, I don't know. You know, I've never been there. And thankfully, in my four years on the street, I've been able to avoid dead kids. I've never had that. I don't want that. It'll come one day. I know it will, just by the numbers. It'll happen. Uh, so I don't, but I've been around enough dead bodies. I've been around enough um uh, murder victims that have been around suicides, and it's heavy. It is. It's really heavy. So the context of a school shooting, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I haven't spoke to them personally. Mm -hmm. I haven't spoke to anybody who's experienced that. Mm -hmm. So I don't. You know, I don't know what kind of weight it's to carry to see nine year olds dead on the ground with bullet holes, right? And I would imagine that you. They obviously don't go to work the next day. Um, okay. One because. Two officers were involved in uh, the shooting, so it's an officer involved shooting. Uh, usually, the state will take that over uh, and they'll do an investigation. So they're going to get them put on administrative leave. Every department has that, uh, okay. uh, and I'm sure there were probably some days given for the, um, just for the context mm -hmm. of the situation. I'm sure they had days to to kind of process it, think through it, and honestly, it's a big department. If it's anything like my department, you know, big departments are pretty good about saying, "Hey, man." Take a day if you need it. Okay. Like, just, if you need to talk to someone, do it. When we, uh, when I was, I didn't really talk about the story, but when we got shot at, ambushed on that call that one night, and we were taking fire, taking cover underneath our vehicles, nobody got shot. Well, my buddy did take a, a ricochet to the arm uh, from a bird shot and oh, left wow. a massive bruise on his, like, uh, left bicep. And so, he took a round, but it was a ricochet, didn't penetrate, but it, it bruised it really bad. Um. You know, we were there for a while, but the the guys who came out and talked to us are like, if you need a day, take a day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need something, let us know. Mm -hmm. You know, because that stuff is heavy, man. Like, um, obviously, it's not like combat. It's not yep. form of like going over in overseas and war. It's different. It's yep. not like that. It's it's. I don't know if I would say it's probably a little less. I don't know. I don't have experience with war, right? But it's still it's still heavy. Yeah. So from the mental aspect, I know for me. Seeing a lot of dead people, seeing murder victims, all that kind of stuff. It sticks with you, man. It, it weighs on you while there, there are things that I see. I can't go by train tracks very often without thinking about certain situations that oh, wow. uh, I've seen people get hit by trains oh, or wow. okay. uh, uh, going through certain intersections where I saw people got smacked by a car and, yeah. uh, you know, there blood everywhere. And we had one lady, and this one was sad. She got drug about 100 yards Um and I was the first one on scene, and sat this girl, poor girl, she had just got off the bus. She was in the crosswalk. She was just going home. She got off the bus, going home. She was a student, 
And this SUV going about 80 miles an hour just smacked her and then drug her. Yeah. And, I I mean, there were people standing around, and I got there, and I could tell she was obviously dead. Ugh. But, I mean, for uh-huh. the they're all watching, so I've got to at least, you know, try, mm. see if I can see a pulse here. Mm-hmm. But, like, you think about that stuff, man. That stuff's hard to see. So, yep. enough about me, but yep. imagining what everybody there that day having to carry those bodies out. Right. Dude, I, I, don't, I can't imagine yeah, the weight. That's a weight. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But I think that. It made me real proud of Metro. It yeah. made me real proud of these guys. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. this this was, those guys took care of business. Absolutely. And my understanding is in Uvalde, and I don't know, this could That's be what, wrong, yeah. but my understanding is in Uvalde, they had the manpower, the guns, and the body armor to go in in three minutes. I don't, that seems well, so, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and it, but it was an hour. You know, I'm not excusing what Uvalde did, um, it was 100% cowardice, right? But I will say this. I'm not coming to their defense who do not hear me say that. I work for a major department. I see things on a day-to-day basis that small-town cops, because Uvalde is not a big town. Okay, It's not a big town. They don't get shot at. They don't chase after people with guns. They don't point their guns at people as much as we do. They don't, you know, they don't see the frequency mm-hmm. of what we do, right? So imagine that in that scenario, you've been on the force for 10 years and you've never even had a gun pointed at you. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't do check do? out for me, though. That doesn't check out, does it? That's, why, does I say, that check out? that's why I'm saying I'm not the coming to their defense. parents wanted to go in. I'm not saying I'm coming to their defense. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm just saying I understand how they're being cowardice, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I want to clarify, like, I'm not defending them because what yeah. they did was absolutely atrocious. But it right? could have been different if they were a big city and maybe had, had I don't know. Experience, I maybe. don't know. Sure, I'm just sure. saying that as a thought, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, that's, I'm looking at it from that perspective. Yep. All right. Well, let's watch this video. Now, Kobe, we have that speaker over there, so maybe it'll pick up. Hopefully if there's audio, you can just turn the volume up there with that speaker if we, if we need it. And then for those, um, well, I guess. We're, it. Okay. All right, cool. All right, let's let's play it. I think this is her coming into the school in her vehicle. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think I heard she was sitting in her car for twenty minutes. Is that right? That I don't know. Okay, maybe that's not right. Yeah. I mean, possible. Went into the parking lot. All right, talk us through this. This is where she shoots through the doors, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Doors are locked? Yes, everything's locked. Um, She used her, I believe, the rifle here, the AR. And this is when Mike gets killed, right? I think so. I believe so. I think that's what the report said was that the janitor was walking by, and when she shot through that, he he got hit. See, here she's using the AR. That's an AR. Okay, um, she's in the hallway. Yeah, and now she switched to the Keltec, okay. which is kind of weird. That's the thing There's I was talking about. How do you classify door. as? Um, what do you classify that as? A pistol or a rifle? I don't, I don't know, honestly. The Keltec. Yeah, the Keltec two thousand. It's a terrible gun. Oh really? Yeah, it's awful. So now she's going into the church office. We're just walking around, looking, holding the gun up. Comes back out, looks left. 
Feels right. Do you think they should have released this footage? Yeah. You think? Absolutely. It doesn't glorify it? No. I don't think so at all. I don't know how long of this is. To the left. Yeah. Just comes back down. This is unbelievable, yeah, man. This I know, man. Watch. And here, I think is in the in the school. I'm not sure exactly where this down is. A, yeah, down a hallway. It says children's ministry to the right. There's a couple of computers. Now, if there. I'm correct, I remember um, one of the the cool things about obviously six is too many, but why it was only six is apparently this school had like it on lockdown. That's what they I heard. went into like a straight yep. defense mode, yep. and they locked it down. Here's Rex body yep. cam. Does every cop car have like guns like yes. this? And, okay. Yes. Do you have a gun like that? I do. He's got a um he has a really nice setup uh here with a LPVO, which okay. is a low variable powerful optic. Um Okay. It's like it's it can be a one time to up to a one ten magnification. Okay. And they're really useful. Um, Can you pause it real quick, Kobe? One, uh, I was watching um, Mike Glover. Mm-hmm. I love Mike Glover, man. Yeah, do a. Um, he was watching this video and giving commentary on it, and one of the things he said was when Rex got out of the car and got his gun, he was walking up the sidewalk, and he was giving him cred for that yeah. because he was staying moving. Yeah, he wasn't just walking out and standing yes. by the lady here who's giving him instruction. He's, he yes. stays moving. He one walks the up the sidewalk. Of, yeah. Comes back, gets his gun loaded, yeah. he's moving around. One of the terms we like to use is fine work. Fine, fine work? work. Fine work. Don't oh, just find work. Find oh, work. Oh, oh, when okay. you get on a scene like that mm. of something, uh, whether that's a homicide scene, a shooting scene, mm-hmm. if you're the first, obviously, right, patrol's always the first on scene. Okay. Patrol is always the first on scene. If you get on any kind of scene like this, shootings, find work. Don't just stand around. Okay. What if the suspect's still here? Let's start setting up perimeters. Like, find work to do. Okay. Don't stand still, because that's what happened to Uvalde. They stood still. And once you stand still, that's you you, 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 uh, you created okay. a pattern there now. It's like you've lost momentum. You've lost momentum. Oh, that is interesting. Yes. Oh. Always find work. Keep moving. Keep moving. I, Mike Glover's right in that. I would 100% agree. He's, okay. He's stay moving. Find work to do, because you have work to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so. Yep. Okay. And pause it real quick. I want to say I've watched this video like a dozen times. I want to just like recognize the 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 workers here, mm-hmm. how calm they were, mm-hmm. how clear they were. They said what they had. I think she says um, all the students are on lockdown. We can't find two, mm-hmm. is what she says. So she she gives information. Guy right here on the door. He has uh, he's getting keys. So he's trying to find the key to give Rex to get into that door. Mm-hmm. So like props on them. Efficient, calm, yep. clear information. Give them what they need to get in there to get what yep. they've got to do. So all and the it, teachers had done head counts and were talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, it, it appears to be that way. I don't know for sure, but it, it 100% appears that way because she, I mean, she's giving out information to them. She's like, look, at school's on lockdown. We've, uh, we, we can't find two kids. Yeah, okay. So, yep. Can you pause it for a second, Kobe? Can we turn the uh, TV volume up a little bit? Volume 33. Yeah, maybe that's good. Volume 40. 
All right, and then if you and this is this essentially rec, now instincts just kicking in. Yeah, I mean his adrenaline, shooter, his adrenaline's got to be. He's high. ready to go in. His yeah. adrenaline's high. I'm sure he has some yes. training on Were how to control shot that. At? Not right here. Not right, right here. Okay, it, you'll see it in a minute. We'll, okay, we'll talk about okay. it when it gets there. Um, yeah, right here, and obviously, so what they tell us to do. When you get there, we don't wait. We go straight in. Okay. There's no waiting. If you're the first one and no one's behind you, you're going. Gives oh really? Nut okay. up and shut up. You're yep. going. Mm. So that's what that's what our chief says. That's mm. you're nut up, shut up. We're going. Mm. Um, he doesn't actually say that term, okay. but that that's my <laughs> that's my rendition of here. What I'm assuming, um, he's unlocking the door. There are other officers there, so he's saying, "Get on me. Give me three. Yep. Let's go." Okay. So I, I'm assuming. I mean, he's taking the time to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. Give me three. Let's get in there. Mm-hmm. So is he, who who takes control of the situation? He, first Rex, one there? Officer Rex is first one at first the door. First one there? So first he's one. he's taking the lead. Okay. He's content. That's at this point. Rule of thumb. Yeah, at this point, you've got no <laughs> sergeants, lieutenants. Forget first it, man. One we, there. We've got stuff to do. We've got work to okay. do. We need to figure out how to go. Well, that's one of the things I think is kind of cool when you watch this, Austin, because at at various points in the video that we're going to see, like different people call out yeah. stuff at different times. It's yeah. not like Rex took control at the door and had control the entire time he was in there. I mean, yeah. it was like, a, it really was like a back and forth, whoever made sense in the moment. Yeah. Would a buddy with a with buddy that? that works with me. Um, he's a, he's a really cool guy. He was actually in the, uh, uh, um, 75th Ranger battalion. So he was at a third brigade and he was a Ranger. Those guys are awesome. Man. I don't know if y'all know anything about the Rangers. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're special operations team. They're door kickers, man. They are runners and they are gunners. Oh yeah. They specialize in fast moving, just like takedowns. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They they buy numbers. They they go into places. They kick doors in. They get high value targets or they kill high value targets. Mm-hmm. Wow. He was a ranger. He deployed a couple times, and we talk about room clearing a lot. And he said one of the biggest things with room clearing is you have to be able to flow off one another. And oh. you see that in this video. Yeah, you really I do. think that's yeah. kind of going to what you're talking, what about. talking about. Everybody's yeah. making call outs. Yep. And we'll talk about more what happens in the video. I think of what is really because if you don't know what's going on, you might think some people are, are being cowards. Uh, but we'll right. we'll get to it in a second yep. and we'll yep. explain it. But Rex is saying, Give me three, give me three, and he stacks up on the door. He gets it unlocked. Now, nothing about this is cool, but it is cool. Watch how this uh he has gold. On his symbols, so he's probably a sergeant. Okay. Watch how he comes flying through this door with a shotgun. He takes no hesitation. Rex comes in. He opens this door. This guy's right coming uh-huh. through on Rex. No hesitation at all. He's just flying through the door. So at this point, um, there's no gunshots being heard. Yep. So what we're trained in Active Killer is... You just start clearing rooms. Okay. You just go room by room. You don't know where they're at. Don't so know where they're at. You just got to start. You have no stimulus, so you're looking. Okay. You're trying to find uh, work to do. It's like mm-hmm. what I was saying. Okay. You're clearing rooms. They may be hiding in a closet. You don't know. Yep. But it needs the, to be fast. The alarm's coming from the school. Yeah. Like, okay. So somebody somebody, somebody pulled the fire alarm. Okay. Did he just switch his safety off? Uh, I I didn't see it. Back it up. There's a Maybe. little click there that yeah, I yeah I, I saw that too. You see how fast they're moving? Yeah, like they're they're just going because. Yeah, I mean you got to do it fast. So yep. I mean. 
Dude, he's calm. Wow. Uh, no, I don't, no, it didn't. Okay. It didn't look like he flipped it because okay. his thumb would have moved. I didn't see. Would it. the safety be off right now, though? Uh, y- no, it'd be on. It'd be on. Yeah, I'll tell. We can talk about that in a minute. And you'll see. And Dang, you'll man, see you it in the, the video. Safety on right now. You'll see the video. I'll show you. All right, so now they come to a big corridor. Yep. So he's telling people to cover left. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go right." Okay. And I think at this point he kind of goes by himself because other people carry in left. Um. That door's locked. Okay. And I think that's where you start hearing the gunshots. Rex is by himself, and he starts hearing the gunshots himself, and then he runs. And you'll see that they start bypassing doors. Uh-huh. They start, they forget about it. Because once, once you start hearing the threat... That's go. where you go. You go. You go straight there. So right here. Yep. I'm going to pause it. Um, you know, I think people could probably misconstrued what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's telling them to go in front of him. Well, both of them have rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to have your rifles up front. You basically you want to lead with your best guns, you wanna, right? You want to lead with Whatever your best guns, is. man. Okay. Yeah. And you'll see a little bit more of that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to. I think he's smart to do that. Put the rifles up front. Absolutely. So you see all those rooms are open, and they're just running. He sees, um, they hear the gunshots to the right. Now, this officer here will say, he says LPVO up front. Yep. The low, so he pushes the rifle up front with LPVO. He slices his corner here, sees the threat, puts the threat down. Then he turns the safety off right there. Mm. Or on, sorry. That is where she was shooting at the officer, if, I, if I'm correct. I can't remember 100%. Yeah. But. There you go, second floor. Okay, this is Michael Colazzo's body. Yeah, this is the other now. officer. He comes up to a locked door here, Yeah, right? and then they have to go back down, I think. They're in plain clothes, if you see. Okay. Uh, so yep. those guys must be some kind of uh, plain clothes guys, some uh, jump out boys is what we call them. Jump out boys? Yeah, well, if you watch it here, he puts the rifle first, too. Okay. He sees a long hallway, and he puts the rifle up front. Rifle first. Is that Rex right there? Uh, no, 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 no. That's someone no. else with a rifle. No, this is a different crew. Okay. They're coming up behind Rex and them. That's Rex okay. and them up front, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, because see, there he yeah. is on the right side. Okay. And there's that sergeant with the shotgun. Yep. See, this is prior to hearing gunshots. See, he's holding this hallway right now. Uh-huh. Uh, they're doing the um, stairs. Go, go stairs. Go stairs. Go. Michael's holding the hallway right yeah. now, right? And this is where I think they start hearing gunshots. Right, right, right. Yeah, 
It's so loud, dude. Mm. Push it, LPVO. Push it, LPVO. Go right. Wild man. I think I called it L L V P O it's L P V O. Okay. Um, it's a low powered variable optic. Low powered variable optic. Variable optic. Yeah, they're really great tools, man. They um it's a long scope, uh, but it's not like super magnified. Okay. But you have the uh the options of it being like a one time to all the way to six or okay. to a ten. Um, is that the scope on top of his gun? Yeah. If you look at the video, Rex is uh, he's holding it at an angle. Yeah. So I think he has a mounted red dot on the side for um, quick transition. Okay. Um, so you think he was using a red dot on that he, shot? I think so. I can't really tell. Um, I can't really see the other side of his gun, but I have seen a lot of uh, platforms run with a secondary sight that's a red dot. On for, the side. Yeah, on the side or can be on the top. So then it can work if you're holding your gun at an angle? Yeah. It's still sighted in, so it doesn't matter what okay. angle you're holding it at. Would an LPVO be a good idea just for the like a self defense? Oh, absolutely! I love I love those man. They're amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, a one time's not that strong. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's a one time magnification. And there's something about that allows allows you to quickly identify a target in a yeah, tactical yeah. situation. Absolutely. Is that the whole, at a one time, the yeah. Big idea. Yeah, it's one of the lower. It's the lowest magnification you can go. I see. As far as I'm aware, I don't think you can go any lower than that, other than a non like just a. Where it's just glass and a red dot. Yeah. Now, two things stand out to me here. One is that, you know, six people died. Mm -hmm. It seems to me, and three of them were adults. Yeah. Like Mike was killed on the way in and... Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's right. I want to say I heard that, but I don't... I definitely read it somewhere. Yeah, I thought I did too. You know, I don't... But um, it seems to me like... If she really wanted to kill more people, she probably could have. I don't. I don't know. No, because I said what I was saying at the beginning of the video. I heard that that school put them on lockdown. Like they. What does that mean? Like what, into, what do they do? They just lock doors. I don't know. You know, because when I was in when I was in middle school and elementary school, we didn't do these things. Yeah, we, um, we had fire drills. Our yeah, school has the same training. That yeah, they and so I'm assuming what they do is. Um, Obviously, you lock all doors. You move the kids into a classroom. You get them to the far corner where you, when you look through that window, because most classrooms are set up to a, uh, a corner-fed room, mm-hmm. most of them. And so, um, or even if they're not, if it's a door in the middle of the room, there's going to be a far corner to where you cannot see through the little, mm-hmm. you know, those little um, mesh windows. Yep. You cannot see. So, I'm assuming the, do you have kids in that school age or are you a teacher? You said your school. Yeah. 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 So I'm assuming, I don't know, honestly, I'm assuming they put them in a corner where you can't see through that window. Mm. And if that door's locked, there's no getting in it unless you, you shoot the lock, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You can't? I mean, I don't, those that's doors not, are, those doors are pretty hardcore, man. That's what they told me, yeah. You can't shoot the lock. Do you think they also have a secondary stop at the bottom or the lock is good enough? Some Some teachers probably do. I mean, it's probably preference. So in an active shooter situation with proper inside doors and a proper lock, 
That's a pretty good safeguard. But if you're also an active shooter, think of it in this way. If you're an active shooter, you're trying to wreak havoc in the most efficient way possible, right? Yeah. You're not going to spend time trying to shoot through a lock to get through a door. Locked, you're going to move on to the next one. Well, and that was the other thing is, like, she's spending time up here shooting down on officers, not even getting close to hitting yeah. any of them, right? The only thing I can think of is she couldn't find kids, and yeah. so she's like, these suckers are the next ones. Okay. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, and I also wondered about the red hat. She's wearing camo pants. Yeah. And knew she was going to die that day. Told her friend on Instagram mm, that she saw those DM photos, yeah. that I'm going to die. Today I die. She, she knew she was going to die. And she's wearing a red hat. Like, when I... She knew what she was doing. And maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe I'm giving her too much, you know, cred or whatever. But I just wondered if, like, that was possibly intentional. Like, I know I'm going to die. I'm going to make it a little bit easier for you guys. Here I am. I have no idea. I mean, why would you wear a red hat? Yeah, I don't know. You know? Who knows? Yeah. So then, the, the th I wish I had an answer for that. The three kids, were they just happened to be out in the hallway kind of a thing? Um, That I don't know. I, I heard one. Um, I don't know how true this is. It was floating around that one of the girls actually was the one who pulled the fire alarm mm -hmm. to, like, alert people. Mm -hmm. um, so that when the fire alarm goes off, that doesn't, like, they're, because my instinct when we went to school was evacuate mm -hmm. fire yeah. drills. Like I'm assuming she did it after the lockdown announcement happened. So, Oh, they do a lockdown announcement? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Most schools have, like, an intercom system that's going to all airs, lockdown, you know, lockdown procedures. Um, kind of like hospitals, you know how they have. Mm -hmm. um, and like like code blues and stuff like that okay. when people are coding. Um, I'm assuming the church had some kind of interesting speaker system that goes through. Okay. I mean, I don't know how y'all school were, but when I was in elementary, each room had an intercom in it that you know you did morning announcements. Mm -hmm. The principal talked. They yeah, called we you had, from the office. We didn't need an intercom because we were all in one room. <laughs> one that's right. No, there was two rooms. <laughs> they just yelled at you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And, hey. yeah, yeah. They didn't have to yell at us. They could just talk in normal tones and everyone would hear it. <laughs> well, that's right. I forgot. You guys, well, yeah, you know, my school, school had intercoms through all the rooms. They could call yeah. you from the office to that room. And, you know, I'm assuming that's what it's a nice building. So I'm assuming it's got to have some kind of. Yeah. But. Yeah, I had heard that um, one of the, the girls who pulled the fire alarm. And then I also heard that, that Audrey pulled the fire alarm. But, uh, so I don't know. That had done, that's why I said I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I don't know why those kids were in the hallway. I, I don't know. The other thing we were talking about, you know, things at play that cause some of these shootings and mm -hmm. stuff, you know. And my understanding is that there are protocols for media around some of the stuff and some of the some do's and don'ts. Like, for example, the media has some real specific, like, standard operating procedures around, say, celebrity suicides. Mm -hmm. And there's some some data and some, you know, I guess best practices around like celebrity suicides and how you, the media, there's clear steps, there's clear do's and don'ts around celebrity suicides. They specifically talk about them in a certain way or don't give certain details so that they don't glorify it and cause sort of more people to do it. And they also have the same um, data around like school shootings mm -hmm. and mass shootings and some of the stuff that they say that you don't want to do is to um, show the give too much detail on like what the shooter's wearing yeah. and their outfit, mm. and you don't want to like call them by name that much and like that type of thing as not to over glorify. I don't know how much that stuff 
helps or hurts, but I mean the I don't think the news media followed those yeah. protocols at all. I don't in this know situation. how that does either. I know a lot of people who argue against releasing any of that mm-hmm. for not to inspire. Because uh, supposedly, I read an article that said that she um, took after other mass shooters. Oh yeah. So I mean, if that's true, I mean, obviously there's mm-hmm. some kind of indication mm-hmm. that she's following in those steps, right? So she's right. taking notes and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So if you would have prevented the release of manifestos, pictures, persons, names, what, et cetera, mm-hmm. kits, what they're wearing, what they're using, how it's much less, of influence would that? Less info to yeah, go on. Less info, less planning. Yeah. Yep. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just, this is all theory, right? If you don't no, release that stuff, maybe, to me. maybe she would just show up with a pistol instead of a uh, Caltech and a mm-hmm. AR and then another pistol because she also had a pistol on her. But mm-hmm. um, Do we know much about her motive yet? Does more come out on that? No, not that no. They still haven't released a manifesto. I know the FBI okay. has it, TBI has it, and I think Metro Nashville has it. I see. Yeah, but she did go here to school for a little, a little bit, right? Supposedly, that. yeah, that's what I they heard. say. Um, when I heard about this shooting, it sounds crazy, but when I heard about it in the area that it was, in the school that it was, I said literally in my mind, I said, I guarantee it's going to be some sort of transgender person. I literally called it as soon as I heard about it. Really? I like, when I heard the school, I was like, it's got to be. Because the tensions had been rising the last couple of weeks between, like, um, in the transgender community and some really? Christian. Really? Uh, yeah, and I was like, man. Where? I said, in I, general? Where just I've been seeing it, like, on social media and stuff of, like, mm-hmm. fighting and how, how, like. Because I think where it all started was uh, Michael Knowles, I think. Uh, was doing a, a speaking conference about a month ago, or Matt Wash, one of those guys, and he was talking about we have to eradicate that ideology. He was talking about oh. transgender ideology. And, you know, Michael Knowles, I think, calls himself Christian, and Matt Wash calls himself Christian. He's Catholic. And um, they were talking about eradicating the thoughts of being able to be transgender and and like that ideology, and mm-hmm. apparently they were taking it as, oh, they want to eradicate us as people. I see. They want to kill us, and so I knew the Yikes. the 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 tension had been high. Mm-hmm. And my first thought when I heard about this shooting, I was like, dude, I said, I bet it's gonna have something to do with mm. she's gonna either be transgender or something mm. or LGBT group. Wow. Um, I just I had that feeling, and I was right. I turned out to be right, but wow. I'm not right a lot, but I was right about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Metro just handled it super well. And Chief Drake, yeah. is it Chief Drake? I watched a, a news. I thought he handled it well all along also. Yeah, I watched a lot of his press conferences. They yep. were really good. I watched a press conference like a day or so ago. It was like mm-hmm. one hour, and Rex spoke, Michael Colazzo or whoever spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, third guy, Chief Drake. And, um, you know, they all just did it really well. One of the things that stood yeah. out to me about Rex and Michael and the – the other guy who were on scene was when they spoke at the press conference, they, they were very matter of fact and they didn't use the opportunity at all to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I'm sure it's not, it, it, you know, I'm sure you have much better things to worry about at a press conference like that with the devastating things you saw and, and, and all the emotion and everything like that. But still, Look, these guys handled business, man. Absolutely. And there's an opportunity, like, you know, to bring a little attention to yourself, yeah. maybe in very subtle ways. Yeah. It's none of that, man. Well, my there question, none of that. I would say, um, 
you know how I feel about guns. So I'm I'm a big I follow a bunch of guys on Twitter and Instagram that are gun guys. My favorite, just give him a little plug. I highly doubt he watches it, but Grantham, you ever heard of him? No. Dude, Grantham is my favorite. He's amazing. Grand? Grand. Like the gun, Grand. Okay. The, uh, like the M1 Grand. Okay. And there's a thing when you shoot that gun, if you're not careful when you're loading it, it can snap and oh. catch you in the thumb, so they call okay. it Grand Thumb. Got it. It was the War II gun, the most popular gun in War II. Okay. Uh, you know, I follow those guys, and it's I wonder what's going through their minds because... When you are a police officer, I'm assuming those guys are much like me, big gun guys, you know, all about, you know, taking out violent people off the streets and all that kind of stuff. When you have a community who is also about that stuff, making memes about you in the sense, like, not bad memes, but, like, mm-hmm. memes where he's, like, handling business. There are videos of, like, people adding music to that video, like the Doom music, and uh, just, like, absolutely praising you. You know, what do you do? I mean, you yeah, yeah you, you don't want to go up there and, you know, fall into that trap, right? Right, yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you can't, but there's there might be a temptation yeah. at some point. So you got to, I wonder if that went into any play of writing there. You know, I'm sure they pre-wrote their yeah. speaking. And, right, yeah, you're right. So you got to be careful, right? It's got to be a balance. I, I was talking to a buddy, and he just said he didn't, he, hopefully it doesn't go to their head, mm-hmm. you know, the department, how, like, they're sure. being a spotlight's being put on them. And, yeah. And then hopefully, like, the next week, something bad or something happens. Right. And, you know you know what I mean? Don't want to go exactly. to your head. Because literally, I think I just saw a video that came out of Metro. Um, two, um, three detectives got a shootout in, uh, off of Dickerson Pike in Nashville. Uh, nobody got hit, but it was, like, it was a week later. Yeah, it was crazy. Guy got out on a traffic stop, just started unloading. Yeah, really? It's wild. Wow. It's on their YouTube page as well. Okay. It's, like, 52 seconds long. Wow. Yeah, you should watch it. It's crazy. Mm. Nobody gets hit. Hmm. So but how, it's what like, was the response time from 911 to, because it seemed like fast. I think it was 14 minutes fast. is what the article said. Yeah. Um, from which like is the insane. time the call was until she was down. Which is insane. That's the Was time it from the, the time the call until they got there or the time the call until she was dead? The time the call was Still received down. to the shooter was dead, 14 minutes. Wow. It's insane. That is really, really quick. I know for us, like, our, you know, we work for... I work for a big city, so our stuff is pretty speedy. It's up to speed. We have a lot of people access. We have a lot of resources. And it takes anywhere from 10 minutes to get from a call to go through the call taker to the dispatcher, from the dispatcher to us, Mm -hmm. and for us to be dispatched on Mm -hmm. it. So to think of that aspect in Nashville, have a call received and the shooter dead in 14 minutes, that's insane. Can I ask you this? Because uh, two of those guys at the press conference mentioned putting it into their GPS. Rex was Rex was somewhere that day he wasn't supposed to be, yeah. he said in this press conference. He was, he's. I think he said he could count on his hand or both of his hands, like the amount of times he was in yeah. that part of town. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. I mean, he wasn't out of line or anything. He was just like, yeah. it was a random thing that he was there. And he got the call and he put it into his GPS. How do you put that into your GPS? Yeah. Is it like, yeah. is it like, you know, phone no. or is it like most of us have uh, mounted like, GPSs in our cars. Yeah, but like, how quick is that? That's I bought a Garmin. It's not, it's not slow. Not really. Thirty really? seconds. Not even thirty seconds. So why <laughs> can't dispatch send the address and then the officer clicks on it and boom, it's automatically so, so some um, software. So we have a thing called MDC, which is our little computer, uh, and the software that we use is MDC CAD, where we get our calls for service, the address. Uh, so it tells us what we're responding to, what the address is, 
when it came in, who's calling, and what's going on. Ours specifically um, don't have um, directions or GPS. Some do. Okay. Uh, the department I work for, the software, it's not in there, uh, which I think they're talking about getting that. Okay. Most big departments have that, so we're kind of behind the curve on that. In that case, the, the dispatch can yeah. load the address, and then the officer can just Well, it's on not it? necessarily dispatch, it's the software. Then when they're oh, sending okay. you the call, okay. the mm. software runs your location I see. and will take you to the spot. I see. Because uh, some of those uh, softwares also have, um, you can see where other patrol cars are. Mm. So you can see where your buddies are at. Oh, so if okay. you have a, uh, we call it a code 5000, if an uh, officer's in trouble, uh, like he's fighting someone or he's in a foot chase or he's getting shot at or something, uh, that would be a purpose for like, you can see where his car's at. Mm-hmm. So you just go there. You don't even have to ask for where he's at. I see. Cause now my department doesn't have that. So I have to ask where he's at. I don't know. Uh, where he, you see. have the dispatch has to tell me where mm-hmm. he's at. Wow. So yeah, you, I mean, you guys need all the latest and greatest stuff yeah. cause it can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. 60 seconds could make, dude, could make 100%. a difference, but that's insane. I think, uh, I read somewhere it was three minutes from him responding on scene to him killing her. Yes, Three I minutes think I read 12 that as well. Yes, or something like yes, that. yes. That's extremely fast. That is so fast. So was he the only one that shot then? Because I no, I thought I saw two. like yeah, she was moving around then. Okay. That second well, officer shot. She as was well. dead when Michael shot her. Probably right. Yeah. Don't you think? Who knows? But, but I know it looks like Officer Rex hit all four of those shots before she even hit the ground. So man. you see him before she even hits the ground, he gets all four shots. That, so that's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, uh, you asked me about uh, safety. I'll cover that real mm-hmm. quick because you asked me about it. I told you I'd get to it. When, uh, obviously, we carry Glocks. Glock, uh, we carry Glock 17 and... Um, what caliber? It's nine. It's a nine. Yeah, it's okay, a nine. so they we don't used give to you ca- 40s? Like, I, I used to. I, I used to carry a 22, uh, and then they switched us out for Glock uh, 17s for nine. Why is that? Uh, just cheaper, better, more mm-hmm. efficient. I think nine's a pretty good... It's a solid round. Okay. Um, but... Glocks don't have safeties on it in the like the normal traditional sense, right? So you have a couple. There's three safeties on a Glock. Uh, you have that trigger. You, you have Glock 22, so it's the same one as mine. You have that double trigger that's mm-hmm, got that mm-hmm. uh, trigger safety. Uh, obviously, this right here. Do you remember Black Hawk Down? Um, that movie, yeah, where they're in the uh, underneath the little hangar, and he goes, "You Delta boys never have your guns on safety." And he's like, "This is my safety." Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, but really, like for that's your number one safety, right? Keep your finger uh, off the trigger until yep. you're ready to fire, right? Mm-hmm. Never put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot the gun. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, Glocks have an internal mechanism that uh, block the pin. So if you never pull that trigger, you can drop the gun, throw the gun. It will never strike that bullet. Oh, really? Because there's a ah. mechanism that blocks that. Oh, I see. And hitting the, okay. uh, yeah, hitting the bullet. Every Glock? Every Glock. Okay. That's how Glock's made. That's okay. um, most uh, uh, rimfire, or not rimfire, um, striker fire pistols are like that. Mm. Um, I don't know if all, but uh, I know Glock for sure. So when we, when I went through the patrol rifle class uh, to get certified to carry a rifle, um, one of the things they teach you is to always keep it on safe until you're ready to fire. So okay. you train like that. So you don't have a negligent discharge. It's not like a pistol, right? You pull that trigger, it's shooting. Uh-huh. So, and there's, I think one of the things, I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. But I said that, I think they were talking about how a statistic is a rifle is more likely to have a negligent discharge than a pistol oh, really? is. I think. I, I okay. could be making that up. I don't yep. know. But one of the things we do, we train, and is, you know, you're searching, you're, you've got your gun up, 
You're not, you know, if you're not ready to fire, so it's unsafe. But as soon as you're ready to fire, safety off, fire, shoot, safety back on immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when do you think Rex turned his safety off on that? Uh, probably when he was. I didn't see it in the video, but I'm assuming when he heard the gunshots and he was slicing his corner, okay. I'm assuming he took it off then. Okay. Because he knows the threats right there. Yeah. The mm-hmm. guns, obviously, the shots are coming from right there. So. I'm just thinking here, I'm not saying this is what was going through his head, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, safety off. I'm clear in this corner. Shots are coming from there. I'm going to take it off because if she's looking at me, right. I need to have her ready to go. Yeah. And it's shot, and then I think it's like two seconds later, he flips it back on. I see. So yeah. great, yeah. great discipline, great safety control, great rifle manipulation. It was So great. like training just 100% kicks dude. in. I it's, mean, just people don't just understand wild. how important training is. And I will talk. We didn't. I hate that we didn't really get to talk about policing super much mm-hmm. um, today. But you know, I am a big well, you're proponent. You're not going anywhere. I know, right? Yeah, I'm not no, going I mean, anywhere. We can, we can no, have you yeah, back on can, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I like the. I liked uh, the. Realtor. Finally got your one on one. Then Austin walked <laughs> no, in on that's you. Cra- I like the. <laughs> you uh, give me BS about well, where's where's my one on one? No, I'm you've just Because <laughs> you've yeah, been yeah, on yeah. here with Alan a few times. I right? do like the realtor <laughs> cop duo. It's kind of nice. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we got it again. He's a realtor. Absolutely. I can't get away from realtors, man. No, you can't. But you know, I'm a huge proponent of having a really high standard for policing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you want your your cream of the crop is what they say in the South, right? You want your your best of the best. You want people who are seen high, high standing in your communities. You want people who are physically fit. You want people who are sound of mind, who are, who are trained, trainable, who can talk to people. And, you know, if, if, if my department said we want to put you through two years of training before you can hit the streets, I'd be like, let's do it. Yep. I'd have mm-hmm. been okay with that because yep. people who want to be cops would be okay with that. Yeah. And the cops that I work with and almost everybody on the department, I work with a great group of guys. I mean, we get after it. We're It's a really good group. All of us always want more training. Mm-hmm. We, we want to go do that kind of stuff. We want to go shoot. We want to go room clearing. We want to go train. We want to go work out. We want to go run. We want to get fit, you know. Shoot, I'm down ten pounds in the last couple months, which I'm stoked about. And Let's go, bro. Dude, I, awesome. I mean, like Way it's it's great, man. And and all the cops that I know want to do better. Yep. And I think through 2020 and 2021, one of the weird things I've seen is nobody wants to be a cop. You know, they're having a hard time getting recruitment, and so they're lowering standards. And you lower standards, you get stuff like what happened in Memphis, right? Yeah. You know, that's what happens. Yeah. You get stuff like yeah, that. You I get like, unjustified um, shootings. You get all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we need more time because I never heard much more about that Memphis thing. It seems strange to me that um, that one hit home a little bit because I had uh, Tony Shepard. Um, I love Tony, man. Tony's Tony's a great guy. This freaking best man, and um, we usually meet every like Stucky and Mario, who I just met that night, and yeah. these guys are doing photo walks downtown. Yeah, I all, saw some all of three that. black yeah. dudes, the best looking black dude, the best looking black dudes. But there's also an unfair advantage. Let's be honest, I, the best looking dudes that I know are black. I don't know what's up with that, but they're just good looking <laughs> dudes. I'm serious. I told John Farmer this one time. Like when you think about like. Like the best looking dudes that you know, most yeah. of them are like you think about like movie stars. And like, yeah. Anyhow, Michael B. These Jordan, dudes are like, great. That's a good looking guy. No, He's no a doubt. Guy. No I doubt. Do, Anyhow, sure. these dudes were doing <laughs> yeah. photo walk, three black dudes. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit about this. And then, man, it was 
I don't know. It wasn't three weeks later where this kid in Memphis, black dude, yeah. got shot coming home from a photo walk. He didn't get shot. He got just. He got beat. You're right. Just beat. Yeah. Killed. Yeah. By police officers. And I didn't hear much more about it. Well, almost all of the cops were also black. Is that why it didn't really fit like the narrative? Um, I, no, I don't. I don't think there's probably a lot to do with it. They say there was this one guy in there that was white, but I don't think there was a single white guy in that whole interaction that I'm aware of. You think that's why we didn't um, hear more about that? I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to. But yeah, I'll tell you this: maybe. what's really weird uh, about this, and is I remember. Um, I think maybe it has something to do with it, and okay. I'll tell you why because. There was also something going on in uh, Atlanta that same week. Uh, that cop got shot by those Antifa, those idiots out there. Gosh, what a stupid group of people, Antifa. Mm. What a stupid group of people. I, I will publicly say that. I what thought a, it was Antifa. Whatever their dumb name okay. is, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I really could care less. Okay. Well, they have this, like, they set up this property uh, on, like, state grounds. Yeah, so they're training, right? They're like illegally there. Oh, okay. They're trespassing yeah. on state property. Because they're trying to protest a new training Something, facility, right? right? Yeah. And so I guess the uh, Atlanta PD or state Atlanta Highway Patrol or something was going to um, to remove them. And they're walking up and they start shooting. Oh, and gosh. they shoot one of the cops. They return fire and kill the guy. Cop survived, but they killed the other guy. And they started protesting in Atlanta, all Antifa, whatever the name is, and, like, trying to be... But Atlanta PD just shut them down. Oh, really? So it was, like, pop-up, down. They all got thrown in prison, and mm. it was super quick. But that was happening the same week. Mm-hmm. And I was telling people, I was like, man, do you guys hear about what happened in Memphis? And they're like, no. I was like, here yeah, I am man. as a cop when something actually happens. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 we need to focus on Memphis. Screw uh-huh. Atlanta. Screw uh-huh. what's going on in Atlanta. Did you just see what happened in Memphis? Like, nobody's talking about Cops that. Cops beat the shit out of me. I mean, they, they killed beat, Yeah, they, they just beat the crap out it's of this horrific. guy. And nobody horrific. knew about it until they released the video. Like, right. obviously it was in the yep. news, but I was seeing more stuff in the news about Atlanta mm-hmm. than I was about the Memphis incident. I always have to physically search stuff to find on Memphis when the Atlanta stuff was just popping up in my feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's what's really interesting about it is because no one's talking about it. That guy, what was his name? I really wish I could remember his name, but he he really was like a a normal kid. I don't think yeah. he had any criminal record. Nothing. Yeah. He really was just a guy. I think I heard they kind of got him mistaken for someone, or maybe his brother was involved with the with the. Gang There's or a something. lot of conspiracy going on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, supposedly those cops were intertwined with some kind of gang or something, and. Maybe his brother was, this is what I've heard, mm-hmm. theory, is that his brother was running with some gang. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard, too. I didn't know. They, sure. cops were basically sending a message to his brother, so they beat Oh, my him. gosh. That's terrible. But it's wild, man. It's like, nobody's talking about it. Yeah. That's what happens when you, because Memphis, they were getting to a point where they were uh, dismissing felonies so that people could become police officers. Ooh, yikes. Think about that. Like, that's how low. I When I was looking for, because uh, I wanted to work for a big city. I didn't want to do small town stuff. I wanted real police work. I wanted to see what, what the world was really like. I thought about Memphis for probably like a total of two seconds. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I knew a guy whose dad was a homicide detective. 
in Memphis for like 20-some years. And he was like, dude, it's so corrupt. He said, don't go there. Oh, really? And so I was like, I'm not going there. Okay. Uh, Memphis is terrible. It's like Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. It's like, I mean, they're two of the worst cities in the South. Per mm-hmm. capita in 2021 or 2022, it was insane. They had the highest murder rate in the okay. U.S. Jackson did. Jackson, yeah. Mississippi. Isn't that wild? That is wild. They had more homicides in 2021 than Nashville did. Wow. And the population of Jackson's like 125,000. Oh, my goodness. Think about that. And Nashville's what considered to be right now 900,000? Something like that. I think a greater metropolitan yeah, that'd is be a like much bigger 2 number. million, something yeah. like that, 2.1, yep. something like that. All right, Mac. Thank yeah. you for being back on again. Yeah, Anything great, else man. you want to cover tonight? No, I thought we had some good conversations. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Appreciate well, you. I'll say this uh, just to end it. Uh, I think one of our biggest topics was gun violence. Mm-hmm. And I think people really need to ask themselves, like, what's the cause of that? I really think they need to get – because I think banning guns is not the answer. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll remove myself from being a gun lover. And I'll just say, I don't, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that's treating a symptom and not the actual cause, right? Or the, mm-hmm. the diagnosis or whatever you want to say. And when you look at it statistically, it is such a small aspect of our culture where I don't, I don't know if you could call it a, an epidemic like they say it is or a problem mm-hmm. per se, especially when 57% of them are suicides. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Like, I don't think. We, we we sit on that long enough. Fifty seven percent is suicides. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Well, of, well, of of mass shooting. Of gun, no, of gun deaths. Of period. Gun deaths. Fifty seven percent of all gun deaths are suicides. What? I mean, and that's the other thing. Like we could we could talk about why why are so many people killing themselves? You know what I yeah. mean? There's a stuff. I'm telling you, there's a sickness in society. Absolutely, there's something here that's not working. That's a whole. I don't know what it is, but but yeah. you know, it's just popping up everywhere. Yeah. I'll say this, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't. But you look at knives were killing more people than rifles, but rifles are the hot topic. AR-15s, right? Yeah. Handguns are the, are the largest killer, but 50% of those are suicide. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's an emotion. It there's an emotion to tied to yeah. it. You know, when you see a video like that. Absolutely. Know, I think that's That makes me emotional to watch sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I took a guy from our church the other day shooting for the first time, and and I get it. I get it when you don't grow up around guns. He never grew up around guns. He had moved to the South. He kind of was not even a big gun guy or really for guns. And he was like, he said, I just kind of noticed how culture is moving, and I kind of kind of experienced different things. He says, I really want to start getting into guns and buy my first one. And he was really intimidated by him, and he shot it the first time. I let him shoot my 17, just a 9 millimeter, and he was like, man. He's like, that's got more power than yeah. I really thought about it. So I get it. Yeah. I really do. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to come off as some kind of cynical guy about mm-hmm. guns. They they hold a lot of power. And I have a really healthy respect of it, Of I think, because I know what they can do. I see what they can do mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I work what I do. I see what it looks like when someone gets shot in the head or in the heart or in the leg and die from a leg wound, mm-hmm. right? I've seen that. Yep. So I get it. I get the fear of guns. I just don't think it's a big of a problem as we make it seem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. One thing I noticed last week was, you know, when it happened on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday into Thursday, even it was like, it take, it took a couple of days for some of it to turn 
maybe a little bit political, you mm-hmm. know, like people in other parts of the world or other yeah. parts of the country. It did take a few days. It, it took a couple of days, but one of the things I noticed, this was the closest I've ever been to a school shooting Me by too. far. Same. Me too. Um, and I didn't know how many points it took. It actually took like almost a week to, to sort of realize all the points of connection mm-hmm. we had there. Yeah. And I called, cause I called Tony and that same day it was like, Hey man, like, do we, do we have yeah. any church members who yeah. were like tied to that? Are there any kids going to the school? Cause we don't have a school right at Emmanuel. So there very right. well could be kids going yeah. from Emmanuel. Well, there's a lot of ties with Emmanuel and Covenant and yeah. we did have, yeah, a lot of ties. Um, and so, and like between my wife and I, like we're probably up to, I, I don't know. There's just like so many points. I don't know. There's almost like the, the, probably two dozen points of connection now. Like they just yeah. kept coming. Yeah. Um, so this is by far the, the, the closest I've ever been to something like this. And one of the things I noticed last week was the difference in how, in what was happening here and what was happening sort of like in other cities or with politicians. Mm-hmm. It was like the Nashville camp was mourning and grieving and we were supporting each other Absolutely. and we were caring about the people who lost loved ones and the families mm. and the close friends. Um, and it was just about love and support and care and comfort, you know? And then in other parts of the country, it was starting to be about other things. Yeah. And it's like, that's getting louder and louder and louder. And now it seems like it's, it's just sort of getting pretty political. Yeah. Which again, for the people like getting political locally here, I, I also get it for, for the most part. I think they're looking for change and they see that yeah. this is a way you can enact change. Um, so I understand that it was just, it gave me, it gave me like empathy now mm-hmm. going forward yeah. for the community when this happens. Like it's, it, this is what's crazy, man. It's getting kind of easy to see these headlines and be like, okay, that happened and move yeah. on. And you can't feel like at your deep level with yeah. every crazy thing that goes on around yeah. this country. You would just be all day. You'd just be like, <laughs> you'd be a mess. You'd be incapacitated. Yeah, you like, you be wouldn't be able to do stuff. You'd yeah. be unproductive. I mean, I can tell you, dude, last week, I mean, in, in our office, I bet you productivity was at 30% mm. the whole week, yeah. the entire week. I mean, if my productivity was any indication of that office, 30%. So you can't like go through every single week like that. You know, you can't feel, you know, lost across the country that deeply, but man, you felt it here. Absolutely. And it just, and now I have like empathy for the communities of things that this type of thing happens in, in a way that it did just didn't before. One thing I did think was pretty interesting is talking about locality. Um, I think like the first day of those protests at the Capitol, they were like Vanderbilt students or something like that. And like almost all of them were Vanderbilt students. Hmm. One thing I find interesting about that is how I guarantee you probably upwards of 80% of those kids are not from Nashville, not from Tennessee. Yeah, and probably yeah. when they graduate, won't even live here, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, what are you protesting for? I don't get it. Right. Uh, I, I was the, really confused by that. Yeah. I don't know. It's really I saw interesting. protesters tonight. Because this is the yeah. maybe the one of those representatives was having the final verdict done tonight yeah. about whether he's going to get kicked, I think kicked, one kicked did out get or whatever. Expelled, right? One got expelled, the other didn't, and then I think the the verdict was out on the third one. But um, and there was a bunch of uh, at the state capitol people trying to get in that were holding up uh, seven for seven victims. 
They're counting the shooter. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Think about that. That's crazy. The amount of sympathy that I've seen for that shooter makes me want to just like, uh, I don't even know, dude. It's, I can't believe the amount of, let's think about just the White House for a minute. Let's just think about the, the highest power in the U.S. Six Christians were murdered. Most likely, we don't know. Most likely because they were Christians. We're just going to assume that. I'm going out on a limb. And the first thing that comes out of the White House's mouth and all week that week was, we stand with our transgender community. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are being victimized. Mm -hmm. All week. All week. Yeah. All week. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a single thing other than local, the small group of people that I follow who are obviously Christians. They're like, guys, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, there's obviously some kind of correlation here. And you guys are celebrating this after six Christians were just murdered? Oh, yep. come on, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So just to update you, two were expelled. Two were expelled, yeah. one wasn't. And it is the two in black versus, okay. yeah, look, won't look good. Yeah, it's no, not it going to. That won't look That's good. That's what my buddy are talking about. It doesn't look good at all. Yeah. The white woman wasn't expelled and the two other guys were. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have a, fa- a heyday with that all one. All right, Mac. Thank yeah, you very bro. much for being on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Austin, thanks for making an appearance on the, on the back half here. Yeah. Back nine. Um, anything else you want to say, Mac? Are we good here? I think we're good, man. Okay. I had fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being on. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Try to catch me howling at the moon.